So, um, real quickly, yes, sir. you're a couple months older than me, correct? Uh, I'm actually quite a few months older than you. I think it's more like uh, about eight. I don't think it's I don't think it's that many. But yeah. either way, I just wanted to make sure. Wait, no, you October. I'm February, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's not eight months. Oh um, damn! Oh shit! <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was having me dream. Um, <laughs> you, you, you see why I started off in core math three? Mm-hmm. But I say that to say this: that makes you Maul because Maul's forty. <sighs> so the second you go ahead and ask for any type of equity, or if you ask for a password to anchor, oh, or any other shit we got going on, it's it's over for your ass. <laughs> <laughs> I think, man, and, and this is the funny that you just brought this shit up right out the gate. Uh, welcome to Beware the L's, ladies and gentlemen. This is the exact thing. This pod is all about um, Wes's favorite groomer. Um, and I ain't talking about PetSmart. Drake. Mm. <laughs> um, but uh, before we get into that, though, um, the one thing that I wanted to discuss with you was this Joe Button pod shit. Um Man, bro, like, I don't know who comes out looking worse in this situation. Well, obviously, it's Joe. But, like, the fact that these niggas sat here for this long and had no idea what the financials or what anything was looking like on the pot, didn't ask neither. Ain't really give a fuck. Um, And then when they come, they try to come to Joe as friends, you know, and, and, and try to get some, some points off the YouTube uh, trying trying to get a, a piece of the Spotify deal. This like, no, this is my podcast, and fired the motherfuckers on air. That's the wildest shit I ever seen. Since some niggas that you call friends. Yeah, that's 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 <laughs> that's why the whole situation is very nasty. Um, because like for me, it's like doing business with your friends is cool. Like yeah, you, like we're we're friends. We we're running a business that is uh is going to be big at some point. Yes, sir. Obviously, gonna cut you off, and we're gonna fight about it, whatever. It's inevitable. Mm-hmm. But like, I'm for fine me, with that. for me, it's like I understand you have to treat each other like like coworkers and employees. But at the same time, if you're friends, it's some shit that I'm just not gonna do. It's crazy to 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 you or in this example, like to you, like Joe talking about, like when Maul said, Joe told him the podcast is none of his business. Your podcast is none of his business. That's like, crazy, bro. Like, I'm I'm here for Nate in that case. I'm here twice a week. You know what I'm saying spending time out of my day for something we've been doing for years, and this shit is none of my business. Mm-hmm. Now, in, fair, in, in fairness, all Maul does is sit there and say, "Wow, that's crazy," and be forty, but he's still there. You hey, know what I'm saying? No, 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 osteoporosis and arthritis. Niggas <laughs> forty. You gotta get some process every couple of weeks. Like, come on now, cut him some slack. Uh, but yeah, that, that I, that situation. I, yeah. It, it, it's 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 disgusting, really. I mean, honestly, and and Joe Budden is somebody like. I, I, I've seen a lot of people say, oh, man, I can't believe Joe pulled that. I ain't never fucking with that nigga again, blah, blah, blah. Like, like but y'all niggas should have known who Joe Budden was way before this shit. Joe Budden, at his best, is is an entertaining uh, media pundit who um, brings, you know, sarcastic, dry, and um, a lot of times critical humor. At his worst, he is a complete narcissistic sociopath. Mm-hmm. Like... That nigga takes no accountability for anything. We've seen it on the love and hip hops. We've seen it on everything. And all these negative situations that Joe Budden has, has been in over the course of his career, whether it's music situations, whether it's the big falling out with Slaughterhouse, whether it's been some of his more high profile relationships, 
whether it's been the falling out with Spotify. And y'all, all this time, and y'all never thought that Joe Budden was the common denominator in all of this shit. It's, it's crazy. It's crazy. Well, for me, it's like people are like, like those people, are like, oh, I can't believe this has happened. I'm not a fan. Like, nigga, this is, nigga's been the same way same. For, for years. Mm-hmm. Like, I I previously, I didn't really get it, start consistently listening to the podcast until like quarantine hit. Mm-hmm. But before that, like, you, you've seen every situation, like, everyday struggle. That shit went left because of Joe, which, like you mm-hmm. said, all some shit. So this nigga's shown who he is over and over again, but people continue to act surprised when shit goes left. And, and, and I mean, and that's just, that's society in general. You know, when niggas will, people's problematic faves, niggas will uh, uh, ignore the fuck out of some very, very problematic things in order to continue supporting who they want to support. And that's fine. You got the choice as a grown-ass adult to support who you want to or don't support who you want to. But how we always say, um, niggas got to be held accountable. Like, niggas got to keep it a buck. Like, you can support Joe Budden if you want, but understand, but don't try to cap, like, this nigga is not who the fuck he is. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, I mean, with this shit, bro, I think the thing that kind of blows me the most, and maybe don't even blow me the most now, but just, I think, over Joe Budden's career and everything that he's done, um, the thing that has kind of kind of thrown me for a fucking loop is that I don't think I've ever seen a nigga overestimate his abilities more than Joe Budden. Consistent. Maybe Deshaun Stevenson? Maybe. Uh, I think he was, Deshaun was more just hating on a nigga. <laughs> uh, but Joe, yeah, Joe consistently kind of uh, puts his foot out and believes in himself a little bit too much, and then shit like this happens. Yeah, I mean, I and I it's... It, it's, it sucks because Joe Budden's always a talented rapper. He's a talented lyricist. And he is, honestly, when he first started getting into the media game with Everyday Struggle, he was one of the most refreshing um, media personalities, especially when it comes to music where everything can feel so sterilized. Um, he was one of the most refreshing personalities that we've seen in a long time. And that's how he amassed his following. He's a way bigger podcaster, entertainer, commentator than he ever was rapper. Sorry, James. Um yeah. And uh, go ahead. No, it's not easy. It's not 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 even close. Um, and the thing is though, like every stage of his career or even of his personal life, he has always felt like he was bigger and smarter than everybody else. And eventually, he always ends up crashing and burning. You feel me? Because like for somebody who has supposedly has so much insight and so much game, you can't never see that you are the biggest factor in your downfalls. For somebody who makes such introspective music, you can't see that you're the biggest factor in your downfall. On top of that, to put the cherry on top of all this shit, this nigga has built a career off of, like at this point, man, Joe Budden is like a a wild, like right-wing Republican in that like he has spent an entire career talking about Oh, oh, the industry did me dirty and blah, blah, blah. The industry so unfair. I'm I'm preaching for equity. I'm fighting for my people. I'm blah, 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 blah. But in reality, he just as bad as the so-called oppressors, the people that have, uh, you know, oppressed him and so many other artists. So you literally built a platform and built a podcast, multiple podcasts off the idea of equity, like some title shit. Like you want to give back. You want to make sure that the content creators are properly compensated and you not even compensating the niggas on your show. 
I, I didn't think we get a Joe Budden as Tommy Lorraine comparison tonight, <laughs> but I'm, I'm glad it happened and it, and it makes sense. Like, yeah, that's it's crazy to me. And then like, cause that's kind of I guess what I mean not to just keep getting deep in this bullshit, but that's kind of been my thing as I've been listening and watching. It's kind of his hypocrisy towards situations. Yeah. Um, where I feel as if the situations were flipped, um, he would feel some type of way, like like Maul and Rory felt some type of way, and then for you. Not to, that's one thing I kind of pride myself on is being like objective as fuck. Like I'm gonna see shit from both sides, and then kind of make my decision on what where I stand. But for mm-hmm. him, really just Joe's vision, and he can't really get out of his own way in, in in a sense. And he keeps fucking up shit up. I don't like it. Yeah, man, it's um, it, it's pretty bad. And I actually I saw a clip um from I I think they were all on Charlemagne's podcast. Um, and Charlemagne was saying like, why didn't y'all? Like keep the we'll name this podcast later name because once it became the Joe Button podcast, it became the Joe Button podcast. Oh yeah, that was early, um, early in the JBP days. Yeah, um, and it's you know, and, and for Joe to have the audacity not just to publicly fire his quote unquote boys like that, but to tell Maul that like this podcast ain't got nothing to do with you is the most ridiculous shit that I've ever heard, nigga. That's like. Me telling you this podcast ain't got nothing to do with you. Like, right. yeah, like you feel we're, me? We're both putting in the work. <laughs> we've <both laughs> been on it for forever. And if <laughs> just like that, that's that's the most crazy thing he said out of uh, everything we've heard. Like, I didn't even listen to the like, last podcast. I saw the clips you sent from Twitter probably like five minutes in total because mm-hmm. that was just nasty to listen to. I ain't time for all that. But yeah. That, so, I, yeah. I mean, that's. Oh, bro. I, like, it's it's just disgusting. And, I mean, and Joe Budden is still going forward. He's still going to have a lot of supporters. Me me and you, personally, are fans of uh, Ish and Ice, the, the nasty Ooh. boys. <laughs> but um, I even though, you know, obviously, we're fans of Ish and Ice, like, I don't... Th- this situation, I'm not going to sit up here and say, oh, I ain't never going to listen to blah, blah, blah again, because I've always known this is who Joe Budden is. So, yeah. like... You know, I, I I may not support in the same way that I support it, but be like, oh no, but I can't. I'm taking a stand. No, nigga, like Joe Button is fucking Joe Button, and I think the wildest part, um, th- to add the cherry on top of the cherry, I think an even wilder thing is that, um, I look at Maul and Rory, not quite as again, not quite as negatively as I look at Joe in this situation, but. They have watched, it's like when you got that problematic friend who you know fucking sucks, but your mindset is, oh shit, well, I mean, they ain't never played me, they ain't never fucked me over, that's still my nigga. Like, sitting here and you watching one of your people, like, do people dirty, like, it, everybody they come across, it's just bad deal after bad deal after bad deal, but you like, well shit, they ain't gonna do that to me, that's my nigga. That's what Rory and Maul have done. They have watched Joe Button be a fucking sociopath for years and years and years, but they wrote they were riding his coattails to success. They knew how much money, or <laughs> they thought they knew how much money was in this, <laughs> and they thought that okay, yeah, Joe is a piece of shit, but like that's my meal ticket. So they ignored it. They watched Joe Button, you know, um, do people dirty for years and years and years, and then it was just finally their turn. So. While Joe is wild shitty for the way that this shit happened, I don't really feel a lot of sympathy for them either. Yeah, it's a, it's just a, it's just a nasty situation all the way around, honestly. Um, and hopefully, 
Uh, I'm sure Mon Rory, uh, they'll land on their feet doing something that they enjoy, and Joe's going to get to eat a pie. So, in the end, Go there, to academics. Oh, boy. You can talk about that. I keep saying nasty. That's nasty. I will. I might call the, I, the internet police about that. I strive to never, to never vindicate DJ Academics ever. Like, my life goal is to make sure that I never make him write about anything. Mm. And, uh... If you saw the, uh, the clips from that nigga's uh, Twitch stream the, the other night, then you I'm understand talking. that Roy and Maul have made this nigga correct. You want to talk about happiness? <laughs> I don't know if I've ever been as happy as this nigga was. You know what? I'm mad at you because this is a very topical, very... Uh, oh, wow. Right now. Yep. Okay. We're here to talk about Aubrey Graham. And, we, and we're out here talking about the nigga that uh, Drake said, you let me turn into the nigga that you almost was. Mm. I don't like it. He did. And that was the only like, line that he ever gave Joe Button. Okay. I'll, you know I'll, what? I'll <laughs> spent too much time uh, on Joe's. Okay. Fine. To, uh, fine. Fine. We'll move on to the topic at hand for the whole reason for this pod. Uh, Meek Mill acting like a bitch. So, uh, Robert Rameek Williams um, has decided that he wants to bite the hand that feeds him. And not allow Rick Ross entry into his birthday party? The same nigga that when Drake was giving him the blues was one of the few niggas in the industry that still stood by him. Wait, is, is How wild real, is that? Real situation? Oh, oh, you haven't heard about the Meek situation? No, 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 no. I was at the barbershop, good brother. Okay. Uh, well, Meek, uh, we're, on the sh- we're on the street is yes. Meek had a birthday party, I think, yesterday um, at some, you know, fine establishment. And uh, Rick Ross and the rest of the Black Bottle Boys um, came through, you know, Meek's function, and uh, they were not allowed entry. Uh, I'm just going to ignore that. Into the spot. That's not real, so. (laughs) Um, Allegedly, now, this is where the innuendo comes in, but allegedly it's because Meek is unhappy with his MMG deal and he wants outs. And he thinks the best way to go about that is to not allow Rick Ross into the function. I, I'm not gonna report on stuff. I, I consider myself the uh, Brian Williams of this shit. I'm not gonna report <laughs> on stuff that uh, has not been substantiated by. Mm. Uh, yes, yeah, Brian Williams, right? Like yes. Shade room. Wrong alert. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, I, I'm, I'm not here because right now we're, we're we're bringing up Joe Button. We're talking. Okay. About, we're talking about Meek being bad. This is a, uh, oh, oh, we're gonna talk about Meek being bad quite a bit on this pod. I thought this was gonna be a nice wholesome show. Where uh, I get to stick my hand down Drake's pants and give him a nice old fashioned. <laughs> but this this pot has started off completely wrong. Uh, on, like on that note, on that note, uh, welcome again, uh, reintro, um, to episode God who fucking knows 47. of seven of forty seven. Okay, yes, um, of the critically acclaimed Beware the Ills podcast. Um, I am one of your esteemed hosts, uh, Uptown Ace Boogie, still going by Reggie Gutterballs Bryant, because that's tough. That's tough to beat on Twitter. Yeah, um, and you can follow me on the socials at Uptown Ace Boogie. Wes? I uh, go by Wes. Ain't that Wes on all the socials. Um, I think I'm still Terry Tate Office linebacker. Uh, they call me Ron Mexico in these streets. Um, mm-hmm. They call me uh, Zam Zam Bigelow. Um, <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> I can't bring my <laughs> to change my twitter name to that just yet but um yeah you know i'm saying we're here we've been doing this for uh episode 47 um and it's rare that we get a, a episode that i just look forward to with all my heart mm-hmm. you know me you know i like buffalo chicken wings 
Yes, uh, you do. I like turn the fuck up, beam it up. Yeah, yeah, you do. Uh, I like uh, getting lost and uh, coming belligerent when I when I beam up, losing all control of your legs. Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. Yep, my knees uh my knees be knees be coming down like uh ta building or tower seven, mm. and um, <laughs> <laughs> I like me some Drake. And yeah, so that's you do. What, when Austin said, "You know what? It's about time the the streets have been kind of dry. Let's give them let's give them the podcast they've been waiting for." I uh actually for for the first time in probably about twenty or thirty episodes, I did some research. You know what I'm wow. saying? I, I composed some things. Uh, I've been I've been I've been drinking. I've been drinking. Beyonce voice. Uh -huh. I don't know how yeah. clearly they're gonna come across, but this is a, a pot I'm looking forward to for a long time. <sighs> Man, you know, I told myself I would never do this. I think Drake has been one of the most controversial topics on this podcast, but mm -hmm. in terms of doing deep dives, I don't think there's too many more people um, that are more deserving of uh, a deep look at his life and his career so far. Um, our Hove pod has was one of our favorite pods yep. altogether um, and got some amazing feedback from it as well. So um, I feel like it was time. You know, it's not a fuck ton of shit going on in the pop culture zeitgeist right now. So I thought it was a good time to take a look at uh, everything and discuss everything and give a thorough examination of the king, the forever number one in our light skin power rankings, one Aubrey Drake mm -hmm. Graham. Um, so I am excited for this because I am, you know, while the whole pod was just a complete, uh, the Dick Flute solo, just all the way through, just, Dick, just, Dick Flute, whoa. Whoa. yes, whoa. Just, there, yeah. just, just shaft and balls all the way through. Um, this is obviously Wes and I, I talk about it before. We agree on so many fucking things. Um, this nigga mm -hmm. is somebody who I consider a brother because our opinions are very similar, but we only defer on so many things. And Drake is one of the big things that we defer on. So, um, this, this is going to get contentious, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, yeah, it definitely will. So, uh, but as I am a fair, I'm an objective, um, podcast program director. You feel me? So I'm gonna make sure y'all get both sides. I'm gonna make sure y'all get all of his well-deserved accolades, also, his well-deserved L's as well. And that, because that's the end of the day, that's what the fuck we do here on Beware the L's. Follow us on Twitter and soon to be on Instagram um, at Beware the L's. Um, so, I want to get shit started here um, by discussing something that I think has been on our minds for a long time. Um, Is Drake the greatest actor ever? I don't know. Uh, 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 possibly, but uh, I specifically want to ask, um, you know, with Drake having as much money, fame, success, um, access to beautiful women and everything else that he has, uh, why does he continue to strike up friendships with teenagers? Wes, would you like to start? Yes. Um, okay. Because I believe it was the great poet laureate, um, cool. Winnie Houston, who said that okay. they are the future. We'll treat them well and let them lead the way. Um, mm -hmm. So Drake, you know, he's a big, uh, big music historian, mm. um, as well as battle rap historian, mm -hmm. um, like LeBron James. But yeah. um, so he heard Whitney say that, and he took that shit to heart. He said, "You know what? When I become the world famous mega superstar, uh, a nigga right. who's a genre into onto himself, mm -hmm. only right, he would be remiss if he did not reach back and uh, help musically mm -hmm. and uh, 
morally, morally, the the young people of the generation of the future um, become better people in themselves. Hmm. It's not unlike anyone like Mother Teresa. Um, <laughs> I don't know, just, just great people of the. I don't know, Eleanor right, Roosevelt, right. maybe. I don't know. So, so piggybacking off of that, w- wonderful rehearsed answer. That was a very canned response. What? Um. I, I just I just want to ask. So when Drake inevitably goes down like Pill Cosby, are you going to be prepared for this? Um, I don't think that's going to happen because, like I said, mm-hmm. Drake is very uh, right. We have uh, yet to hear any uh, allegations of indiscretions. Mm. Uh, it's not his fault that yeah, I, I, yeah, 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 because 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 he couldn't wait till Billie Eilish turned eighteen. That's why. She won Grammys. Who says he's trying to? <laughs> he's not trying to collab. I like Stranger mm-hmm. Things. Of course, I want to talk to Millie Bobby Brown about, <laughs> about that. Come on. Yeah. Uh, uh, would you talk to Millie Bobby Brown about her boy problems again. when you're thirty? Again, he's he, he's been there. He's seen it. He can help her <laughs> get shot and end up in oh, a wheelchair. Man. The, the, I don't this, understand uh, why. you aren't saying about this? Oh Jesus Christ! This is this is. Oh my God! The the mental gymnastics. The the mental Simone Bileses that you are already on lets me know this is going to be a very irritating pod for me, especially being sober. But um, we're here for to get the fans. And again, I've said this in many a pod. I cannot wait until this podcast blows up and we get to meet Mm -hmm. Drake and Mm -hmm. he and I and Sandra (laughs) come in and jump the shit out of you. Uh, Sandra's not a winner, you know, allegedly it's coming from a nigga with braids. (laughs) But Let's get into our real topics. Um, so first and foremost, I think you can't discuss Drake at all without discussing this man's impact on music, on pop culture. Um, I, as somebody who feels that Jay-Z is unequivocally the best rapper of all time, uh, I feel that Drake is the best song maker that we have ever seen in hip hop. And it's not even particularly close. Um, it might have been close back in 2014, 2015. Now he is literally in a class on another cloud, all of his own. Um, the accolades that this man has been able to amass in just over a decade, you know, about 12 or so years of mainstream uh, career is it's incredible. Like, he has redefined like the definition of hit maker. Like, yeah, well, it's what, sorry, what's up? Sorry, sorry, no, go ahead. Like, we get to like the, the specifics a little later, Ron. But like that, yeah, it's it's like especially in rap, we see mm-hmm. artists come up, and the majority of artists we see kind of have a quick ascension. They may stay at a level mm-hmm. for a year, year and a half, a couple albums. And then kind of either plateau or decline. No, and for Freddy. Drake, it's oh, man. I know, I know. Um, that's the next thing. Okay. Just me crying for two hours. <laughs> but um, <laughs> for, for Drake, it's it's literally been a consistent diagonal forty five degree uh, linear Ooh. path up the graph every for time. Like he hasn't really plateaued at all mm-hmm. everything he does while it might not be musically better the numbers no. are bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and it's it, you haven't seen yeah. anything like 
in, in hip hop in a long time. It's it's insane. Like I mean, I think going back to the beginning, we knew we knew from the time that so far gone came out that Drake was gonna be special. But obviously, it is so hard to project somebody vi- that early and be able to understand how, just exactly how special they're gonna be. Like, I I really feel like the only artist, at least on the hip-hop side, that we've been able to do that with is Kendrick. And if you want to go back a little bit, you can say Kanye. From very early on in their careers, from their very first projects, their first albums, we knew that these, or first mainstream albums, I guess for Kendrick, we knew that these niggas were going to be juggernauts. Um, And and, and even then, just... Imagine saying like back when you first heard Drake saying, yo, this nigga is going to be bigger than rap. This nigga is bigger than rap. his own entire, his own entity, his own genre of music. Mm-hmm. The, the nigga you're listening to right now is going to be the, one, the biggest act, not just one of the biggest artists in the world, one of the biggest people in the world. That's crazy. I, I couldn't see yeah. it back. No, not, not, not for wheelchair Jimmy. No. And, and I remember back in uh, late 08, when it was uh the Drake the, the Drake the great Drake race, um when all these different labels were gunning to sign Drake, I miss that. Don't you miss like back in the two thousands when niggas would be like free agents and it like like with Meek and all these different labels would would fucking throw the house at these niggas to try to get them to sign and it would actually be front page news. Oh shit, where's Drake gonna sign? Where's Meek gonna sign? You feel me? Like I I, 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 I miss don't that miss shit. I don't miss that because I am for the creators. Um, I don't think you need labels anymore, the white man, to give you a deal and get you out of poverty and squalor. But no, that was a that was a great time in music. Kind of <laughs> hoping for your your favorite artist to sign to a label that you fucked with. Like, yeah, I remember Meek? Like Meek first just signed with Grant Hustle, and I was like, ah, Tip is hot. Yeah. Tip is cool, but I, I don't see the fit. Mm-hmm. Eventually, I don't, th- I don't think he ever actually officially signed. He was just well, he, closely first, affiliated. The first Flamers was like, I think he signed to Grant. I'm pretty sure he signed to Grant Hustle. It was all on that Flamers mistake, but um, yeah, you you are a meek historian, so I, I, yeah, you could be right. Listen, I, I I know I know my Robert Williams, but yeah, eventually from the Fuzzy Braids days. Listen, you want nah, that's another. We'll talk. I can talk about meek. Mm-hmm. So, I know. But, um, <laughs> eventually, I want to shop. I want to shop the podcast like that. Uh, I'm gonna shop it to yeah. Apple podcast officially. I'm shopping to Spotify. Well, not Spotify. Well, actually, I'm gonna shop to Spotify. Fuck your buddy. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, blacked podcast. Man, listen, um, you want to talk about a podcast uh, home that I can stand for? <laughs> I can blow my heart. Ah, uh, shit, uh, black. That that would actually be fun. You know what? Let's start drafting up that proposal. But, yes, sir. um, yeah. So a crazy time, and 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 back then, you know, like Drake had obviously had a ton of talent, but like wheelchair Jimmy, you know, the nigga from Degrassi, um. That that you know couldn't get his hair to nap enough. <laughs> um, no idea. Never in a million years could anybody again have predicted or projected his amazing trajectory, the greatest trajectory. Again, like you said, the most consistent growth rate we've ever seen, probably in music history. Not just you know rap, but yeah. for the twelve or so years he's been around to just be consistently moving and moving and moving and moving. And the one thing that you mentioned, um is how he redefined a genre. He became his own genre. Uh, we talk about all the time how the melodic, sing-songy, niggas being in their feelings, 
you know, and 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 being able to articulate that in a way that's not just real, but also um, sonically pleasing and audibly pleasing is something that really, again, it goes back, you know, it goes way back. But in our era, it started with Cuddy. Started with Cuddy. Um, it was popularized by Kanye, but then it was perfected by Drake. Um, and I think we've talked about that on a few different pods. And Drake has talked about being inspired by both of those artists, so it ain't like he's, uh, you know, appropriating them or anything. We'll talk about that a little bit more later, too. I don't like, I don't like where you're going, but yeah, def- uh, definitely but, <laughs> son of Kanye uh, in that sense, yeah. Yeah, but Drake has found a way to not just perfect that, but monetize that and make it such an everyday part of us to normalize it. We hear that word normalize all the time on Twitter. Fucking hate it. But to normalize niggas being in their feelings, to normalize the most uh, homophobic and macho hyper-masculine genre of music that we've ever heard in our lives, Mm -hmm. to take that, you know, back in 2009 and to be able to traverse that and turn that shit on his head to now in 2021, if you don't hear niggas doing that, it's odd. Yeah. That is one of the biggest accomplishments that we've ever seen. You can literally kind of plot like you did from Kanye, Cuddy and Kanye to Drake. You can literally kind of use the Drake emotional rap kind of family tree all your way to niggas who are big now. But mm-hmm. There's no Drake. I don't know if there's like a Rod Wave. I was about to say Rod Wave. Yeah, like a Moray or just niggas who are kind of just kind of rapping their feelings. And that's something that Drake just completely, like you said, flipped on his head. He completely created a, a full lane like Kanye like 808's Heartbreaks is, is a classic he, he was kind of rapping his films like even before that but mm-hmm. Drake kind of took it and just kind of made it even I, it's hard to say like because Kanye 808's Heartbreaks was huge Kanye was a huge artist at the time yeah kind of took that shit and made it even bigger and more popular he did I guess our age and our, our age group and in, in, in generation he did and, and go ahead no I was, I was finished um but I think that, again, it wasn't that it was anything that we had never heard before, but man, that shit sounded so fucking good. And again, the the melodic, sing-songy rap where niggas is, you know, half they verses straight rapping, half they verses, la, 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 la. I mean, everything, bro. Like, any of the niggas that have come f- forward in the last few years and really turned into big stars... You know, all your little babies, all your gunners, all of them. All, Young Thug, you know, obviously some years back. Um, that all comes from that. Like, these niggas owe their entire careers <laughs> damn near, and they're all their complete inspiration to Drake. And even, like, before Drake really perfected it, I feel like he really kind of hit his apex on that in, uh, let, let's say, 11, 12, probably. I'll probably, probably take yeah. care and immediately post take care era. Uh-huh. Even, yeah. even even the shit off of like again, so far gone. The shit off of thank me later. You know, even shit like successful, which now seems like surface level. But back then, the shit that Drake was talking about on successful, huge. My stomach was soaking wet. She's only 5'2". Like we we did not hear that. Like it would like this was and Drake blew up so quickly. Um, in a manner that he blew up because, 
again, outside of Cuddy and Kanye, this was not anything that we had ever heard before. Um, and sure. I was I was it, still cranking at that at those times. <laughs> all, all the cranks, yeah, all of them, bro. Um, so you know, niggas talk about cultural resets all the time. That's another very trite term on social media. But a true cultural reset, um, or I even say a cultural advancement. Um, because like there are a lot of niggas, there are a lot of emotional niggas like me, like you, who have always felt these things, you know, it, uh, things that we would like to have expressed in different art forms, but it was very socially unacceptable. It is very difficult to move past a plane of hypermasculinity. That shit's hard. You feel me? Especially, like, especially as black men. In as black men, exactly. Like, like it takes decades and decades and decades sometimes to get past some of these uh these generational issues some of these these generational phobias and shit and drake helped us to do that in very quick time and now it's gotten to the point where you don't necessarily got to be rapping about girls you ain't necessarily got to be talking about relationships the way he did early on niggas can be in their feelings about anything niggas can be in their feelings about drugs <laughs> you feel me? Niggas can be in their films about money. Bricks the other day, niggas can be in their feelings about killing their friends. Free Melly, man. Melvin, Melvin, <laughs> goat, man. I love, <laughs> but like even just on yeah. a simpler, like just even like a musical level, I think I kind of popularized rapping and then kind of singing your own hook. Like yeah. it had been done before him, but Obviously, the point yeah. where it had blown up like that, that, that was all him, and then. Real quickly, just to touch on something that Drake wouldn't have been drink without. I can't believe I didn't bring him up last podcast. Mm-hmm. 40. 40. Shout out to 40. Drake, literally one of the greatest duos. In- the dynamic duo. Because Drake, there's no way Drake would have been able to completely be Drake without 40. 40 no. crafted his sound perfectly. They are. For, 40 and Boy Wonder. Yeah. They are. It, it, it's great. Yeah. The, the fact that Drake came up with some producers who were able to kind of take his sound and put it into the beats and put it mm-hmm. into music and that just together combined with what he was rapping and singing about created a fucking monster. Mm-hmm. And, and we'll get into it um, a little bit more uh, later when we talk about just some of our favorite songs, projects, uh, bars, which I actually, for once, I purposely did not research for that topic because I kind of wanted to feel it in the moment. You bars. feel me? Uh, you said what? You said bars, the bars. Yeah, songs, projects, bars, all that shit. Okay. I, yeah, I, I wanted it to. I, I didn't want to think too hard on it. I wanted to. When it comes, when it comes to Drake, when it comes to anything with Drake, it's, it's all about a feeling. And as, as a matter of fact, um, that kind of moves us into um, our next point of talking about Drake's impact. Drake being able to create moments and create feelings. Um, is something that is again is nearly unmatched. I think it's definitely unmatched in current artists, but even in all timers, um, making everything feel like an event. And I feel like that's really underrated. I feel like that's that's a very underrated point that a lot of people don't think about when it comes to him. But even just supposedly little shit, like nigga, summer sixteen. Everybody loves summer the the summer of twenty sixteen. Do you know why niggas love the summer of 2016? It wasn't that great. Like, like, 
<laughs> like Ray Ray was summer. Didn't yeah. really from any other summer, but it it, 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 it was a vi- yeah exactly, and it was a very it was a midsummer with the exception of obviously for us the Cavs winning the championship, but the summer wasn't that great. But you see people talking about summer sixteen so nostalgically, and it's because Drake said that it was great. No, like no, no. to have the power. To make a song and just be like, oh yeah, all summer 16, like this is gonna be the best summer ever. And niggas actually can't even remember their fucking summers, but they remember the song. That's that's, that's, that's big, that's bro. That's not why the summer blew up. Summer 16, everybody loves it. It's because mm-hmm. uh DeMar DeRozan, Boogie Cousins, Kyle Lowry went down to Rio de Janeiro or Rio, I think it was Rio de Janeiro, and won that mm-hmm. gold, brought it home in, in the face of Zika, <sighs> in the face of uh Rudy Fernandez. Oh, um, Rudy. Actually, I don't think it was really tough team. to stop. But no, that was uh-huh. uh, Drake. Yeah, Drake is literally he can. It's it's not even like I wouldn't say it's necessarily the kind of promotion what he does, but everything he Mm-mm. does, he's reached kind of a certain plane, certain level that just anything he announces is coming is 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 ridiculous. Like the the, the Nike deal when the doctor shit that shit's all sold out immediately. Hundred mm-hmm. million. I know. Already. I've. I was, lucky, I, I was definitely trying to give me give me a puffer. I said, you're lucky I didn't uh, throw on my uh, certified lover boy Nike socks for this pod. I was able to grab those before they sold out. But this nigga is oh, a, man. He's, yeah. he's, he's special, man. It, it's, it's, it's like, I think Drake is, you know, I, I think the comparison that we that we make all the time is Drake and Hove, right? Because between Nas and Hove, there are, I still can't believe I'm saying this, there are a lot of people who, somehow still believe that Nas is a better rapper and always was a better rapper than Hove, which I vehemently deny. Um, but his, his body goes, Uchiwali versus better than his. Come on. <laughs> um, but niggas compare Nas to Kendrick and Drake to Hove more because I think their, their trajectories and I think their, their focuses and their aims and their goals within music are, are very similar. But I compare Drake in terms of popularity. I'll be honest. And, and we said a couple pods ago, Drake is bigger now than Hove ever was in his prime at his tippy top. Um, and I compare Drake more to the Beatles than I do to Jay-Z in terms of his popularity um, and his general impact. Uh, the kids, bro, the Gen Zers think this nigga is Michael Jackson. That, that's what I was about to say. I was going to say, I wouldn't say Beatles because I'm racist, but I would say... <laughs> Like he's Mike, he's Prince. He mm-hmm. has reached those those levels of relevance, of importance, of fame, to the point where, I, like, he, like we said a billion times over here, he's he's transcended a fucking genre. Transcended niggas who That's... niggas who like or like, middle aged white ladies who like rapper whose kids like rap. They don't know. Mm-hmm. They don't know money bag yo. <laughs> you know, they might. What? They might. I, I, well. They, they do listen to some the, the the Karens I know love Waikisha, but um, <laughs> they might not know a future. Wait, wait, you mean to tell me that they don't know Duke the God? <laughs> they are they are uh, throwing up seeds with Duke Deuce, um, <laughs> but they're not saying they might they might not know a future. They might not know a. Uh, I'm trying to think of like a, a big rappers who might cross. They might they don't know a, a Macklemore MGK, but they know Drake. Yeah. They know Drake. Um, uh, so recognizable. Um, he's he's in. I would say I would venture to say Drake is somewhere in every household in America, even the most racist ones. You feel me? Um, Can you and, imagine if Drake 
put out like a couple mega mega hits, nigga. Ooh, ooh, nigga. Drake and um <laughs> the the one country nigga that sung a, uh said the n word. Hey, hey, that bitch fire. <sighs> that 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 bitch would be heat, Damn, nigga. Listen, I ain't from this country, nigga. Fuck America, some shit like that. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that shit would ring off. Oh man, and um yeah, man, and and it's 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 a. Uh, it's kind of hard. It's very difficult to almost like we're doing right now, have a career retrospective on Drake because he's still in it. Like it's hard to like understand and comprehend like legend status and to understand people's legacies while they're still building their legacies. But he's already amassed such a large um, legacy and such a large um, list of accolades and accomplishments, and he he his career may not even be half over. You feel me? It's 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 literally like watching LeBron. Like it, it's very it's very rarely that you like even when, even when watching basketball players, bro. Like like there's a lot of niggas who are like all stars or even considered superstars that are very good, but you don't know what their legacy is going to be. You don't know what Giannis's legacy is going to be. You don't know what Kyrie's legacy is going to be. But there's that one nigga, LeBron who you understand that you are watching, or Kobe, you understand that you are watching fucking greatness as it continues to matriculate. For sure. I was going to really just say, as black baseball fans, it's like some Mike Trout shit. Yeah. Like, Hell yeah. Watching, and I think it's kind of more, because I guess LeBron is kind of, I guess we're going to tell niggas old as fuck um, on the back end of his career, but like I would say like uh, Mike Trout who's like just constantly leveling up. Like, he's just levels above the competition consistently. Mm-hmm. And it just has no sign of kind of slowing down. And that's where Drake is, too. Um, you might think there are people that rap better than him. There probably are people that rap better than him. There are a lot of people that rap better than him. There's a few people that rap better than him. But as a total package, a few. there's a, a handful of people that rap better than him. But as a total <laughs> package, there's no one who's, who's better than him. No. And, and just, just a couple of things, um, you know, kind of kind of spitfire. Some of the impacts that he's had, you know, kind of just on from a musical perspective um the concept of the curated playlist um fully taking advantage and fully embracing the streaming era i would say not before any other artist did but embracing the streaming era to its fullest extent uh the idea of dropping a project and not calling it an album but just saying oh here's a loose collection of songs that you guys can have and i'm gonna get x amount of top 10 hits from this project and, and being more life. Um, also, um, if, uh, him kind of, huh? go, I was going to say, uh, him kind of, he wasn't the first kind of artist to drop on Apple music, but part of Apple. And I believe, I think it might've been like 2015. I think. Yeah. What time to be alive was like the first big, big release on Apple music, but part of mm-hmm. seeing the vision to partner with Apple music, kind of give them his exclusives. Yeah. At a time when no one was really, no one really big was doing that. I was just going to mention OVO radio. Um, That's something that now how many artists have radio shows, you know, or some type of involvement with, with a streaming service. Um, OVO radio being able to have a platform where you can play all your shit and get new shit off. Um, And like, again, creating moments in time. You know, I remember listening to OVO radio when what a time to be alive drop. That's another moment. Um, Like it was yesterday, man. Uh, the curated playlist, um, him taking, kind of taking the, the Beyonce surprise drop, which was again, I think still one of the most significant moments in the history of life, uh, the Beyonce drop. And then being able to 
not take it to another level, but kind of build on that with if you're reading this is too late, um, which came not that long after that. It was less than a year. Um, I think it like, might have been spring or summer 16. Yeah. Um, and also the what I think is the most his most impressive accomplishment just musically, um, care package. Um and to drop a goddamn album of all of your Lucy's and B-sides and all of these random songs that just had never been on streaming services before or yeah, had never really been available and being able to just drop that shit and be like, you know what? Here, take this shit and sell 200,000 first week and get another slew of top 10 songs. It's fucking ridiculous. You you can count on your hand the number of artists who can sell 200 on their first week of, of a whole album of new shit. This nigga did that with a bunch of old shit that just didn't happen that he didn't place on projects before. Oh shit, shit that we had literally been listening to since 2010, 2011. Um, again, redefining, redefining shit. Um, and being able to, again, he has more records, he has more firsts, it feels like, than damn near anybody. Um, but I kind of want to move, uh, push the convo forward just a little bit. Um, you know, we kind of talked about before you get into oh, that. I, I just need to say, I've been, I'm feeling a, a little, my jaw's getting a little tired, so I just have to say, pop style was whack. Um, <laughs> all right, what you're getting into. Uh, pop style, pop style wasn't one of my favorite. Um, horrible. Chaining yeah, I got some changes. They they call me Chain and Tatum. That that's that's pretty I just bad. watched White House okay. now. <laughs> um, but something else that you have to mention, because you know, we talk about just Drake's massive number of hits, and a lot of those hits, the vast majority of them are his. Yes. But Uh-oh. there's there's almost just as many of them which are features. Uh-oh. Um are we and about the the, uh, the Drake uh stimulus package. Yes, uh, the Drake Stimmy, the the Drake uh, Obama phone. You feel me? <laughs> um, the Drake cosine or a Drake feature. We mentioned it before. A Drake feature is more pivotal to a young artist's career than a fucking record deal is. And it's not even close. And it's not even close. Drake, I mean, if Drake says you're cool, or Drake brings you around, or Drake even hops on a song with you. Mm-hmm. It has we've we've seen it many times that has made careers that has spawned careers of artists who are huge now, and it's rare that you can say that from from any artist who's who's big in the game. If he hops on your shit, you're guaranteed to at least have some sort of run of, of stardom. And that's guaranteed. And thing. and now less like I said, I'm I'm because I'm a I'm a keep this fair. You feel me? Understand that this is not all genuine and 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 innocent and noble from drake because i will say drake's a lot of things but noble he is not okay Mm. drake is an ass that's rude drake is an ass however um i like i said i think he does a lot of this to help make sure he stays relevant but that you can also look at that as a bonus because he is somebody who is thinking a couple steps ahead of the game and instead of becoming one of those older artists who, you know, is old and out of touch and don't know how to use the TikTok, um, he is somebody who constantly has an eye on what's next. <laughs> Obviously. Um, he's uh-huh. always got an idea. 
<laughs> he's always got an idea on what's next and where he needs to go in order to push himself to another level of relevancy and to um, infiltrate new audiences and infiltrate new fan bases before he even sniffs anything close to a fall off. And we've seen that with a lot of the artists that he's worked with recently, you know, niggas like Young Blue and shit like that. Um, but just a few of the records that have gotten the prestigious uh, Drake cosign, um, it kind of goes back. I, I kind of see the start of this era uh, as with Tuesday. Um, that was one of the first ones where I was like, all right, Drake can get on any song with any nigga and take this to a level that we had never seen before. Because I tell you what, I was not checking for um, our great uh, trapping, uh, hairstyling, uh, homosexual, sing-songy uh, King McConan. I was not checking for that shit before Drake hopped on Tuesday. Say, That's for damn sure. Yeah, unfortunately, I was not hip as well. But it goes uh, even before that. I think the very first kind of Drake, great Drake cosign that blew niggas up was our favorite uh, trio. Offspring. Oh, yeah. Ah, I forgot that one. Favo, that was the original. The original Drake. That, that, that might have been the first time that we saw Drake kind of reach down for an artist. And I was like, hey, who the hell, yeah. who the, hell the goddamn Migos? Yeah. <laughs> what, are these, what, are these, what are these Latinx rappers uh, doing on this, uh, on this platform? And then you hear the song. Oh, my God. When Versace hit, bro, summer 2013, um, like I remember, I remember specifically hearing it for the first time. I was, I want to say I was in a drive-through line somewhere, and I heard Versace, and I was like, "Oh my god!" First of all, Drake snapped nigga, on that shit. Um, it like, and Man, I knew a sex with Halle Berry, and no one can stop me. No one can stop me. Um, you know, maybe. Okay, a little lack of consent there. Okay, go ahead. But, hey, hey, bae. But regardless, hearing that song, bro, and, like, knowing, again, getting that feeling. Like, the first thing I thought was, Jesus Christ, I cannot wait to get back to school and drop this shit at the first party. And got back to school, dropped that shit at the first party, and I knew from that moment on that Migos was made. I knew they oh. was good. Yeah, I was like, yo, who are, I was like, yo, I'm going to be in love with these Migo niggas forever. Just off of Trump. Just mm -hmm. off of doing his best to introduce me to these niggas, and oh that, my god! That, that, that was the first time that I remember Drake. Some of those goddamn bars, nigga. Medusa head on me like I'm Illuminati. This is a gated community. Medusa. Please get the fuck off the property. You don't live here. Woo. I used to shit. I used to know all Tickoff's ad libs on that, so I probably used to mm -hmm. do it if I hear it. But um, yeah, now that's like an elite song. Still one of Migos' best songs. And then started label the album is coming September. Just wait on it. Wait on it. Wait on it. Um, yeah. So from that, damn, look good. <laughs> Um, yeah, so that's a Tuesday, and Tuesday was huge. Like Tuesday was a big one. Huge, 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 huge. Put McConan on McConan, got a little, got a little buzz for a little bit. Um, yeah, yeah I'm, we're, I, I can't believe I'm skipping over my nigga the weekend. This nigga Abel. Yeah, that's that's It wasn't a full Drake stimulus package because Abel was he dropped with House of Balloons and was bubbling. Mm -hmm. Had 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 a good, pretty decent size, not decent size, but had a up and up up and coming rising name. Yeah, but it still it still pushed him to the next level. I mean, if that song wasn't on Take Care, you know, I think the weekend does. Or Take Care, fucking um. Oh, I, I, I'm I say you're the, you're the timeline nigga. Was the zone before Take Care? After. 
was after. Yeah, the zone was uh Looks yeah like was a little like... bit later. Same year, but a little bit later. Okay, I was um the... yeah. Um, so I mean, a crew love again. Uh, cultural reset with that one for sure. Um, and the weekend would have been the weekend either way, but yeah, Drake definitely gave him uh the jump start, the the MLB the show perk pack. Uh, nigga, man. Um, I still have my nose uh, on the keyboard, nigga. <laughs> still, oh, oh, do you now? You said what? Hmm. Yeah, I, I, I thought I was the. Huh? According to you, according to you, I'm the controlled substance man. No, no, you're you're strictly fentanyl. Speaking <laughs> of fentanyl, there needs to be. Uh, this is a real quick tangent. There needs to be some sort of uh like app where you can kind of treat drugs as stocks. Mm. Like I would love to invest. Oh, in, I mean, can you imagine investing in fentanyl in like 2013? Oh man, I I know I definitely would have been on the Molly wave early. I already know. And I would. Cannabis is legal. Let me go ahead and sell all these products. <laughs> Coke is uh, continually steady. But uh, getting back to what we're talking to, part of my uh, corruption. Yes, but um, obviously, um, I mean, two launched uh, uh, the careers of two of the biggest acts that we have right now uh, with the weekend with Migos. Um, another one that obviously we love and is very near and dear to our hearts. Uh, one Black Boy JB, look alive. Crazy. I'm gonna one Shelby drop real quick. I just want to touch. Um, yeah, nigga like ASAP Rocky was bubbling up, making X double XL covers. But when he got yeah the problems verse, fucking problems. That's what to do it. L- listen, you got you got to get that song that white people know. Once you get that song that white people know, you're there. Listen, white people stink for the most part. No offense, <laughs> white people. But when they like your music. Shout out to my white niggas. You are man. No, I love my white niggas. Just the few of them. No, no. Yes. Now, nah, once white people like your music, you're fucking made. And like Drake hopping on fucking problems with along with everybody else who hopped on it, but mm-hmm. kind of took Rocky to a whole nother level. But yes, nine on one Shelby Drive. Uh, look alive. Um, obviously, uh, the man that we mentioned earlier, My Way. Um, Fetty already had a Fetty. huge hit with uh, Trap Queen, but My Way again. You talk about a moment. You talk about creating moments. My way hit in the club during that summer in a way that I ain't heard too many summer songs hit before. Listen, um, hot take. Yeah, I prefer. My uh, way. Uh, you for Monty's verse. I don't care. Okay, <laughs> I, I don't uh, need Monty's verse. I just the drink verse. It's fine, but it's not necessary. Take that shit to the the old man pod with Maul and Rob Parker. All right, I ain't trying to hear that oh, shit. Boy, that's the pod I'll never do. <laughs> <laughs> call, call, call Bobby Cornball brother. I ain't like that niggas. <laughs> um, but but my way, another smash that again Drake didn't even really. I mean that verse was light work, you know, to him. Um, obviously you move forward. Uh, you got um the the baby joints. Uh, yes, indeed, and never recover. Um, I was going to say, that. take keep this too hard. Take keep this too hard. That's a love that drop. Um, I was going to say that that baby was another artist who was kind of bubbling, get get. Doing mm-hmm. crazy shit, and then that yes, indeed, took him to the next level, and now you baby as probably the hottest rapper in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, for sure. And we mentioned uh your mind still earlier. Um, another one where the song was already pretty big, but again, you get Drake on it, and it creates a whole new level of visibility. Girls need love. Summer Walker, um, hopping on that remix there. Um, but something that also that I want to mention. It's not just the Drake co-sign to elevate young artists. It's also the Drake co-sign to revive niggas that's dead on the table damn near. Um, that 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 Drake um that Drake chest compression 
I like to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, he, I, I again, I hate to admit it. Um, 2015, 2016, uh, our our good brother uh Tawheed was not i mean he was still around but he wasn't really bubbling no more i think he was kind of on his way out drake comes through blesses him with big amount all of a sudden two chains is right back on up uh um, he gets out of prison i'm looking to play a little plays around gucci gets out of prison drake gets mm-hmm. both yes sir and, um there's another joint they put out together too um drake helped out a, a strilling artist by the name of kanye west with the all the lights remix um. <laughs> uh, and and another one that you're not gonna want to admit, Meek, he both killed Meek's career and brought it back. He did that. That nigga, you talk you talk about a flex, and we are gonna get into Drake's top five biggest flexes a little bit later on. But he both murdered that nigga and brought him back to life. That's power. Um, you obviously did not listen to what's free. That uh, but um, no, nah, that that for for Drake to kind of reach the hand out and uh pull Meek from equal standing up <laughs> to, to to another <laughs> yes equal standing that was uh that was a huge that was huge for him and like honestly if you get Drake on a feature mm-hmm. you're a big artist whether you're uh, up and come artist whether you're a nobody if somehow you are able to manage a Drake feature that song is gonna do numbers and put you in a position to succeed from there. Whether and that's whether that's on you, whether you take advantage of that or not, but Drake reaching his hand out is, is there's no bad that, that can come from that. Period. Um, so obviously Drake's got the most extensive catalog, um yeah, really of anybody right now. <laughs> um so I wanna ask you, um you talk about favorite Drake songs, you talk about Drake favorite Drake projects, you talk about most underrated. Drake projects. I want to see where you fall in at. What's some of your favorite Drake shit, nigga? <sighs> Let's see. All right, you can go ahead and just set a timer and come back in about twenty minutes. <laughs> I'll be done. Which where do you want to start? Uh, wherever you want. Uh, I guess I'll say the, the most for last. I'll give you projects first. Why not? Okay. We'll do features. Um, real quick. Uh-huh. We did. Should I had it pulled up earlier? But we had um. I want to say this was 2018. We ranked our favorite Drake features at the time. Do you ah, oh, research. Yeah. Did I? I would like to hear that list. Looking at pornography, I had to fix the tabs, but um, mm. pulling it up now. Got to keep uh, X videos had, so open just in case. Did. I don't remember. Nah, I'm, come on, boy. Uh, I'm an amateur. Um, <laughs> I forget what the topic of the podcast was. We ended up ended up doing the top five of our Drake features. Mm-hmm. So for you, you had in reverse order five mm-hmm. with big amount. Actually, let me give you the date first. This was July 2018. July 2018. Okay. You had five big amount, mm-hmm. four money to blow, mm-hmm. three say something, mm-hmm. stay scheming, mm-hmm. and ask Martin Music was your number one. Okay, that 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 still holds up pretty well. Yes, my number five or my top five was number five moment for life. Me and Nicky nigga getting married today, and all these bitches that be hanging from cash bouquet. Ah, that boy's that boy's sounds are just incredible. Um, four was say something, three was made men, two was all and one was stay scheming. I can't believe I forgot in the time, I forgot his work verse. It wasn't the greatest, it wasn't a great, it wasn't the greatest verse, but just in the context of the song. 
Mm-hmm. The impact of the song work versus crazy. Mm-hmm. I had this never recover verse is one of my favorite features. Uh, never recover is really fucking good, bro. Yeah, nice, nice in and out. Pause. Mm-hmm. Jesus. Um, hundred racks on the Esco project. Hundred racks buzzing out a rapper. Hundred racks buzzing out a rapper. She texts yes, us. Like, she texts us like Dallas. Oof! You go, yeah, baby girl. She texts us like Dallas. I was like, how does it? How did he even make that happen? Um. Uh, over here, his feature with Party Next Door. Mm-hmm. Love that. Um, perhaps the verse that scared me the most over the past few years that I've listened to is Unthinkable Verse with Alicia Keys. Oh my God. In a couple months, mm. y'all, about, y'all, y'all about to be able to say Wedge just hit me and said he's turning 30. Um, <laughs> it's going to be quiet for me. Oh, um, shit. I just said those are just a few ones I wanted to add on to the other ones that we had before. Mm-hmm. But, um, Drake features, man. Those those are just some of my favorite features. What are some of your favorite features? I have a bunch. Um, in, in addition to the ones that we mentioned, um, just kind of going through, uh, just a few of the singles. Like I said, already talked about "Money to Blow," "Say Something," uh, just incredible. Uh, a real low key one that was there wasn't much to it, but I just feel like he really rode the beat very well. I love "Play Ball." Um, that little eight bar shit he did saving Birdman's ass once again. Um, that's a deep dive. Yeah, that, listen, listen, we, we we digging, we digging. Um, also, really big fan of um a song that did not get the love that it could have gotten because of old uh snitching Cliff um going to jail right after the album came out, right before the album came out with No Mercy, popping bottles. Um, really love that one. That's a good. One. That's um. Cool. Uh, she will obviously. Oh my goodness! Um, right about that. Uh, being a DJ can't can't not appreciate round of applause. Um, mm-hmm. just just fucking incredible. Um, still ain't made it out of. Oh well. <laughs> still ain't made it out of fucking 2012. <laughs> at that point, yeah. there's so many. Um, uh, I really I really like his feature on 100 with uh Jay Sheon. Uh, Rico, obviously, we already talked about Big Amount, um, his Come and See Me verse, just so many things, uh, already mentioned Look Alive, you have to mention Sicko Mode, don't really have a choice not to. Boy, I love um, when this is Kanye. <laughs> just that, the whole setup of Sicko Mode, I feel like conceptually, uh, obviously most of the credit to Travis Scott and Sway Lee, but, um, Drake coming in and doing what he did on there is special. Um, and then some of the non-singles, because we enjoy some non-singles around here. Uh, we enjoy some deep dives. Um, will not forget his Lose My Mind verse. Mm, do I love these hoes? Mm, kind of, sort of. Got them drinking champagne like it's fucking water. Fucking water. Um, <laughs> Miami women, tan line showing. Um, obviously, uh, you talked about Made Man. Uh, his Deuces remix verse is legendary. Um, can't forget that one either. Mm-hmm. Um, Poetic Justice. Um, what else? Uh, let's see. Uh, I know he got a song with Obi O'Brien somewhere Ooh, that I'm missing. <laughs> um, two on slash thoughtful. Mm-hmm. Um, another banger. Uh, and I had one more that I wanted to bring up. Oh, oh you mentioned um, Unthinkable already. Um, and oh, Digital Girl. Oh, okay. From, yep. From way back, team. Yep. Yes, sir. 
No, Drake is a. Uh, <laughs> once he gets a uh, his shit remix feature. Mm-hmm. Um, shit. What is the uh the one point five? It was him and Future. I just need a hood butch that tells me that I sing too much. Oh yeah, we in this bitch one point five. Mm-hmm. That feature's crazy. I just thought that off the top. Yeah. Um. Nah, Drake. Lily, when it comes to to features, Drake is one of those artists that you call on, and no matter what he says, he's either gonna have a bar. It's either gonna be the flow, mm-hmm. something that that sticks with the people and and gives you what that intended feature, what you were gonna for. Yes, sir. It's um, shit's different, bro. I like I, it's just the the line that I that I spoke about before, um, way way back on Money to Blow in 2010. Who would have known that? And we gonna be all right if we put Drake on every hook. Would have ended up ringing so true still all this time later. One of, the true, um, one of the truest prophecies. That's, that's some that's some uh, Order of the Phoenix type shit right there, bro. It it it, it really is. And then Wayne sold his master, so you know. Uh. Well, can't can't win them all. Um, <laughs> I don't have bars because my favorite Drake bars. I literally can listen to a Drake song and pull like three or four bars that I love. Okay, um, that's just, fine. Like, I, I'm just thinking, like, one off the top of his head, I get in the, the, the verse and just even the hook, and every song sounds like Drake featuring Drake. Uh huh. That's, that's great. Um, I, yeah, I couldn't, I, for me, because I like this asking me in front of people to choose who my favorite children. Like, if it was private, I could tell you, one, oh, it's my favorite child, it's my favorite child. But I can't in public give you some bars because the nigga is just so prolific to me. Pause. Um, <laughs> pop style was whack. I got to get my jaw right. <laughs> but um, what are some of your favorite bars from him? Um, let's see. Uh, I definitely got to start with. I oh, see so you can kind of give you said what? So we can't keep moving if you just want to give a few here and a few there as they come to you. Oh. Yeah. Um. I, but I definitely got to get a couple off. Um. Back when, uh, if a nigga reached, it was for the weapon. Nowadays, niggas reach just to sell their record. Spaghetti bolognese in the polo lounge. That nigga um, spaghetti bolognese twice in that verse. Yeah. Yes, he did. Um. Let's see. Um. I hate uh, I hate stopping for gas late at night because niggas is creeping. You want to talk about, <laughs> about safety uh, and being aware of your surroundings? Um, well, I'm kind of going through uh, like the, the playlist now, but like, yeah, um, I just need a hood bitch that tells me that I think too much. That's all, mm-hmm. I'm, looking, all I'm looking for because I'm Muslim as fuck. I'd be singing the shit out of Sade and uh, uh, Keith Sweat and shit like that. So I just need me a hood bitch that tells me, hey, Wesley, you got to calm down. Chill out. <laughs> uh, what else? Uh, oh, AB, I got your CD. You get an E for effort. Um, always enjoyed that one. Um, oh, oh, gosh, and 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 the, the other one that came off the um, uh, the top of the dome because it's not even Drake's bars don't be about intricacy. It's about impact. It's about again leaving you with a memory. The feel. Um, and if I left the shit up to chance, I would have picked a name like Jesus. let's say Chance the Rapper. <laughs> Yuck. No disrespect, but I don't know that nigga. <laughs> and Chance, Chance never answered. No, he never answered, bro. What can you say that that uh, that is my name? But that's that's mean. I didn't leave this shit to Chance, but your name is Chance. Like you can't say shit to that. You know what I'm saying? Like no, goddamn bind. Um, um, bars. The entire 4 p.m. to Calabasas. We'll talk about later. Such a beautiful song. song of bars. Um, but we'll we'll keep doubling back on bars as we think of them. Mm-hmm. Um, projects. There are literally a million of them. That's um, projects. Yeah, project wise. Um, 
I'm gonna go ahead and say everything. Um, but mm-hmm. real quick, yeah. definitely gotta get a big shout out to one of my favorite projects. Mm-hmm. It's not a official Drake release. Yep, I believe he had zero. Heartbreak Drake. No, close. Okay, had zero to do with any of the releases on here. Um, but you know me and my unauthorized mixtapes. But it's Young Sweet Joe. Mm-hmm. Ah, that's a good one. Just playing at Lily in the car on the way back from my haircut. Um, I don't know why I was in my in my feelings as I was driving back home with a new cut. But um, mm-hmm. it had some songs, beautiful songs that never really got. See, that's my thing with Drake. For every Lucy he gives us, there's a Lucy, like an unfinished Lucy that we have that's not mixed, not mastered, not like an official song mm-hmm. that'd be incredible. We'll talk about this. Jealousy is just love and hate at the same yeah. time. That's a bar, and that's the truth. Um, but Young Sweet Jones too, and shit like "I'm Ready for You," "What Up," mm-hmm. "What If I Kissed You," that's for Young Wes, Young Shy Wes. Um, <laughs> Offer your type, grind, greatest, you know, you know, like shit like that. None mm-hmm. of those releases, but those are literally some of my songs we'll talk about when we get to favorite Drake songs. Um, so I mm-hmm. love that project. But as far as official releases, obviously, your take care is there. Nothing was the same. I mean, he doesn't have that many, so we can kind of talk about them each by themselves. Um, so far gone, it's classic, undisputed classic mixtape. Mm-hmm. Top ten mixtapes or so. Yeah, I mean, I, we, we we talked about so far gone on a previous tape, but I mean, just uh, timeless. Um, timeless isn't even doesn't even do it justice. Again, being able to take that that Kanye and Cuddy foundation. And to make it digestible and palatable to everybody, you know, not just hip hop heads, not just, you know, music heads, not just black people to take that and make it so digestible um, and to still, again, having people quoting those songs and those bars. So, so long after that, um, incredible. Obviously, like you said, no, no worse than top 10 uh, all time mixtapes. Right. And that's like, and that's something where it's like not, it's not his first mixtape trick was mm-hmm. what in round, but that's something where it's like, yo, I'm stepping my foot down. I'm announcing I'm here to everybody type, type of shit. And it had that type of impact as well. Um, the, the debut, thank me later. It's, I would probably say my second least favorite album, mm. which makes it interesting. Still like top. 20 favorite albums of all time again that's where we defer i say all the time i say all the time thank me later does not get enough credit i really think and i actually tweeted i tweeted eh, maybe about four years ago i tweeted that i felt like it was still i thought it was drake's best project not his best project Mm. but it was his no 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 it was his best project in terms of I think the range of creativity, um, not conceptually, but in terms of the range of creativity and the different sounds and the different styles that we got from him from song to song to song to song to song, I think it was a very good body of work. I mean, for 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 an album that he said was rushed and he didn't really get to put the time that he wanted into, we got timeless classic fucking shit off thank me later and i really as drake gets older and he releases more and more projects it feels like thank me later just gets pushed further and further down 
But I love that album. And yeah, that's skewed a little bit by the nostalgia of the summer of 2010. For me, I will, I will admit that. But also understanding that he gave us something um, for his first full-length album that most artists, 99.9% .9 of artists, could not make in their entire careers. Like, most niggas' magnum opuses cannot match up to Thank Me Later. Yesterday when we were getting high. <laughs> nah, like when I said it's my second least favorite, that means like uh, it's still a, a, a four-star album. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so like, I guess a better way to do this would be what is your what's your favorite Drake project? What do you think the best Drake project is? Um, we'll kind of move down from there. Love me some Thank Me Later, but uh, I have, and I think I mentioned I've always been Team Take Care. I've been Take Care from the very beginning. I feel like Take Care is a fucking masterpiece. Um, and I think that it is something that is, gosh, just, just in terms of the emotion that, that it invoked um, or it evoked, um, it is something that I don't feel like we will ever truly get another of from anybody. Um, I, I think Take Care is that good. I think it is that timeless. Um, and I think that it is, if you had to pick a Drake album to be like, okay, this is the one, like, I'm going to stand by this. Like, if it, you know, d no debate, no, like, anything else is off the top of the head. It's definitely Take Care is his best. This nigga bro, loves headlines. But, bro, <laughs> um, nothing was the same has grown on me so much in the last couple of years. And he put some fucking work into nothing was the same that I don't think he can ever match himself. Um, uh, you literally, I that literally was getting very hit you with that same shit. Like I've always been the take care ass nigga, mm -hmm. but I think like as I as I've grown as time has passed, I think if I could chop probably two, two or three, right, two songs off it, nothing was the same. And I think it's like not even close mm -hmm. as far as kind of Drake albums. It kind of it would kind of cement itself on a whole nother level. Yeah, I mean, take care, bro. Again, the vibe and and we also talk about Drake as Mister Interlude, Mister Interlude, um, and Mister Intro as well. Um, Over my dead body is special. Um, that's a that's a special intro. You know, some of the interludes that we got. Uh, he didn't he didn't popularize it. There were a lot of people who started doing that around this time. Um, Kanye was really big into the interludes and shit, but uh, Buried Alive interlude, obviously, with Kendrick, and then the camera, camera's good ones go interlude. Uh, Special, bro. Uh, like, I mean, like, different. And, I mean, you take, if I, you remove headlines <laughs> from that album, it's damn near perfect. Take headlines uh, off. You can take We'll Be Fine off. Yeah, yeah, it will be fine. It's not 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 his best effort, but like even yeah, some some of the more commercial shit, bro. Like, make me proud goes crazy. Like, insane. I like I like a woman with a future in the past, and it is one of his most mainstream songs, like most poppy ass songs that he ever made, and he floated on that hoe. Oh man, listen, I'm I'm still stuck on good ones. I literally told a bitch, or excuse me, I told a woman back in the nineties, <laughs> don't you go get it married, don't you go get engaged. Don't you go getting married. Don't you go getting engaged. Baby, I'll be back. <laughs> she ain't listening. But 
Um, you had me thinking all type of shit. No, but honestly, it's I would say kind of it's from day to day. I kind of either go from take care of nothing with him, but I think those are clearly his two best works. Yeah, uh, with without a doubt. I mean, obviously, Marvin's Room is iconic. It it, it is arguably the most iconic simp song of this generation. Uh, it's up there all time, honestly. You you know, and obviously, Crew Love um, gave us birth this the weekend. Um, one of the hardest opening lines. We mentioned Crew Love on our best yeah. opening lines uh, uh, top five um sometime last year when we did that or two years ago um obviously um make me proud that like i mentioned lord knows doing it wrong look what you've done One of my look what you've done nigga is crazy crazy like oh nine oh man listen probably one of my we'll get to it then later but one of my favorite drink homes of all time underground king mm-hmm. this album um uh the ride pra- practice the, the real hurt practice i mean you know you look good once you back that ass and you know listen who, you said what was a malaya that put the video out of her dancing to practice yeah i think mm-hmm. oh man you want to talk about you remember you, wanna, I know. you see it I can't you see it i, I try to trick myself saying it wasn't malaya i know <laughs> i know my freak stuff but no that drake drake and, that, that, that album was crazy that's that that and boosted into a whole nother level yeah, and, and then the the bonus tracks, even you know the motto and hate sleeping alone. Like, goddamn, you feel me? me? Like you. Oh man! I, I, so I'm not going to bed till three o'clock, man. I'm in my my drink and drive playlist till till I pass out. Man, I'm I'm already off the off the cafe Bustello. You feel me? So <laughs> uh, my ass gonna be up half the night. Um, also, cause I gotta put together my playlist to body Dirty James this weekend. Uh, quick, quick little PSA. Yep. Make sure y'all tune in. Uh, Dirty James is IG live this Saturday, 9 p.m. Uh, season two, we kicking the bitch off live from the basement. Yes, sir. Rep City in the basement. Me and my nigga, Big Tiga. Um, laddie daddy. We here, we ready. Uh, it is uh, Dirty James representing Death Row because, of course, that nigga thinks he's Tupac reincarnated. Yeah. And uh, me, represent Bad Boy Records. Uh, we're going 20 songs, head up. Uh, I'm going to punch that nigga in the fucking mouth, uh, tube steak style, probably literally and figuratively. Please please do it, JR. He's been, he's, been, he's been a wild nigga for far too long. He needs to be running <laughs> in. Um, yeah, um, start off with, yeah, not, if y'all aren't hip to, to, to what they've been doing, during the verses, they was running verses between uh, everybody over there on that side. Salute to JR, salute to you, salute to, uh, who else did something? B. Sims, did, did Sims do one? Yeah. Uh yeah, Sims, Randy, Sims. uh, Shaw, uh, shit, my nigga Mike, Bobby, Bobby won a few. Uh, Bob Bobby was going was, crazy. Bobby, Bobby and and shit. But yeah, start off. With, uh, <laughs> start with can't you can't you see? And end with um, show stopping. That's all. That's my only request. Ah, uh, see now the only problem and and, and uh, me and that nigga had to sit down and come up with the rules because uh, Def Row uh died uh very unceremoniously. Fault. Why you why you gave in? Um, I I can't play nothing uh past 1999. I can't play nothing from the 2000s. I know. We run slow. Okay, nigga. If I win, I promise I will play. Sorry, when I win, my victory song will be Showstopper. God damn it. But uh, yeah, make sure y'all tune in this weekend. Uh, I'm going to be absolutely obliterated. We're gonna have a good time. But um, take care again. Um, we've been talking all podcast about. Drake making music and making it 
and normalizing niggas being in their feelings. Take care is what created my infamous no Drake after midnight law. My no Drake after midnight Twitter law. Um, you listen to take care, especially me at the time. I think I was, I was going through a very bad breakup. Uh, yes, I was. Um, and I was all in my feelings and to have take care come out like literally minutes <laughs> after you, you know, you break up from a very toxic relationship, boy, oh boy. Um, I thought I was Drake, nigga. I had, I had, I had, I had glasses with, uh, that were not prescription, uh, with fake lenses. I had, uh, express cardigans. I had everything that you needed to be Drizzy Drake. I can see that. Yeah. Uh, I was in a relationship where the writing was on the wall. So this this was like perfect. I was like uh, in my bag. And then Drake came through at a perfect time with the, the perfect, perfect, uh, simp, uh, not just perfect simp album, but it's just a tremendous body of work. And I think like, those, are, those are two, his two clearly his best works. What would you say mm -hmm. his next, next best project or work work is? Um, After wait, and let, let me talk about nothing was the same first, nigga. Pardon, pardon me, sir. Um, Nothing was the same. Has some songs on there. Uh, again, talk about Drake as Mr. Interlude slash Mr. Intro. Tuscan Leather is one of the greatest intros in the history of music. Um, that shit is ridiculous. Also one of my favorite Drake songs. It is, it is up there. Mm -hmm. uh, favorite Drake joints for me as well. Some of the songs, like we knew at the time, I think like for me personally... Drake said the whole purpose of Thank Me Later was people weren't going to realize until a little bit down the line how good Thank Me Later was. I think that was more nothing was the same for me. Like, I knew it was good. Like, I, I knew it was really good. But some of these songs, the way they age, again, the way they age like a fine cab salve, nigga, like, the way that Wu-Tang Forever ages, the way that From Time ages, the way that Connect ages the way that the language ages the way that too much ages man this is uh see i was kind of similar not really similar i think i've i knew what nothing was the same was at the time but i feel like i would just had too much of an affinity towards take care to kind of put it up there mm -hmm. i kind of held take care at a certain place but same. i knew that this was a, a monster but as as time is going on and this is probably like I listened to like if you look at I I tweet out or I publicize my year end uh, Apple Music who I listen to and Drake is always number two, mm -hmm. so I'm listening to Drake all the time and this is probably the album that I revisit the most. Yeah, out of all Drake. Price for if I if I listen to an album, it's probably gonna be this one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, too much. Goddamn, too much. Too much makes a nigga shed a tear. Not even because of the content of the song, but just because it's so fucking beautiful. Man, listen, um, I have been on this nigga Sanfa's ass for yeah. four years now. This nigga yeah. gave a beautiful album and has not done anything since then except for a little song here, a little song there. Fuck this mm -hmm. nigga. <laughs> I'm flying to London. Me and Arthur Shelby about to beat the shots, nigga. Offer! Offer! It's on Big Ben, them. Sanfa, shalom! <laughs> Sanfa Shalom. No, Sanfa really pissed me off. But um, even shit like the motion. Oh my God, that that ended up uh popping up on Care Package, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, no, this was uh, this this those to to give us those two back to back. 
is yeah. something you artists can can really say. Um, absolutely. Uh, you know, we talked about best three album run, which I actually I still stand by um my decision to award that to Eminem. Uh, but Ooh. you talk you yeah <laughs> yes, Boomy and Roger Goodell. But talk about best back to back albums. Uh, this is up there. It, it is up there with the DMX runs, with the Jay Z runs, and and everything hey. else that you could possibly imagine. Hey, views came next. Well, no, well, not well, album wise, views came next. But if you're reading this, if you're reading this, it's too late. Came next. But um, I don't like views. Still, nope, has you not grown on me at all. Views was actually an album that I liked a lot in the beginning, and the more that I listened to it, the less I liked it. Yep, I cannot wait to Joe Budden this shit. But um, <laughs> no, nah, Views is a tremendous album. I mm. was um one of the niggas who was underwhelmed by Views. I've talked about this on Twitter and in friend groups, whatever. But like I've had a high hopes for Views coming off the back mm-hmm. of it would be his first solo album since If You're Reading It's Too Late, right off the heels of uh, the joint with Future, where Future just outwrapped him song after song after song. Um, song after song. It wasn't pretty. But this was something I was like, you know what? It sounds good. I, I, can like, I like a few songs here and there. But as time has gone on, and as I keep revisiting this album, especially uh, recently with the, the first of it dropping, passing. This is this mm-hmm. is a really good album. It's again, it's another one where if I cut a few songs here and there, and that's that's just not necessarily a Drake thing for me. Um, mm-hmm. I need albums to be like eleven to twelve, thirteen songs max. Yeah. Um, so if easy I, to do too much. Yeah, I said if I can cut a few songs here and there, I can make this a really really good album. But just going back and kind of just working your way through it, he's got some joints on, like uh, some legitimate joints on here. Um, yeah, there's some. You know, I, I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna take nothing away from him, uh, but I think that it was for the weight that we have for views. Um, I took a break from views. Now it's back to this, nigga. Um, for the weight that we have for views, and as much as views was hyped up, I think because I think that views is his most hyped up project out of all of them, and it it did not even get close to matching that hype. It didn't get close, bro. As far as I think the hype here now for CLB might be even more than it was then. Okay. Well, well in terms of things that have already okay. come. Okay, yes. Y- yes. Sorry for getting my uh, Professor Tr- Tr- Trelawney on. <laughs> Harry, Harry Potter reference today, boy. But, In that bag. No, this was yeah, it, hyped. And it. I can understand, like, at first, I, I definitely was like, no, nah, this hasn't lived up to the hype. Um, and even now, like, it's, again, it's one of those albums where, it's not my favorite Drake album, but that still means it's better than a lot of niggas' albums. Yeah, I, I mean, we talked about with Hove, with Kingdom Come. You know, Kingdom Come is is by far Jay Z's worst project, but it is an hey. album that. Yes. Uh, Mom, I told you one day I buy you a home. Who knows? It could possibly be in Rome. <laughs> Come on now. Uh, Kingdom Come is by far Hove's worst project, but it is still nine, but ninety. Five percent, ninety-eight percent of rappers do not have an album that's even close to Kingdom Come. Did uh, we, we argue about that previously? Yeah. Okay. All right. Good. Yeah. Um. But and I, I feel similarly about Views. I think that it is, it is a, it is a, a solid project. But 
in the pantheon of Drake's album of Drake projects, I would actually put it mm, second to last in front of Scorpion. As far oh, as far oh, as I say, oh, Scorpion, you don't like Scorpion at all? We can move right to Scorpion. Scorpion, you like Scorpion? Um, again, one of those things that I really liked a lot when it first came out, and the more I listened to it, I was like, eh. Scorpion has some songs on there that I really, really, really like. Like Sandra's Rose is actually one of my favorite Drake songs. Um. Oh, I, I make the most walk together like I'm Amber Rose. Like he bars, nigga. But um, a, as a whole, um, I, I I love After Dark as well. As a whole, though, like it, it's it's no, it's it, it's it's misses. It's a lot of misses on there for me. Listen again. This is if I can um if I can get rid of pretty much all of eight side A. <laughs> from side A and then replace them on a couple of jumps from side B. I can give you a really, really good album. Would use another one where it was. I think I like. I feel, I still felt underwhelmed more so because it was just too many songs, and I feel like there were more misses than it should have been. But revisiting it, like I I love completely. I can listen to B side all day. B side's got a few songs I don't really care for, but mm-hmm. ones that I do like on side B. I really like, like I really, really love After Dark. I really After love, Dark is incredible. Really love Jaded. Finesse. Is, oh yeah, Finesse is like, that's me. That that that's me. Then <laughs> Finesse. Yeah. Man, listen, I'll be. Nah, I ain't gonna tell you. How I'll be just sitting in my room, just crying, listening to Finesse. But but. Uh, I- but I, I think I think the like the issue is also you know we talked about earlier with him and you know creating the concept of a curated playlist or the concept of uh, the digital mixtape he also patented that with uh, if you're reading this is too late and the thing about that is it's it's hard I feel like sometimes it almost works against Drake actually because you have these projects that are like like I don't like if you're reading this is, is if you're reading this is too late as much as everybody else does. I like a lot of stuff on there individually, but as a whole, there's plenty of songs on there that I'm three, four songs that I'm not too particularly fond of. Shit, I, but which you were, oh, go ahead. But again, it's got so many hits again racked up in them seventeen songs, or I guess nineteen if you're talking about like how about now and shit. You know, so many six mans, uh, six guys, ten bands, energy, legend, know yourself, which was a huge fucking hit. Uh jungle. Facts. And and the thing about it is it, it sets himself up because when he he drops a uh, if you're reading this is too late, or he drops a fucking um uh more life, which again is entirely too many songs. Entirely too many songs. But the shit that he got off of more life. The fake loves, the free smokes, the Portlands, the Galchesters, the fucking fucking gigs, nigga. Listen, fucking uh, KMT. Man, listen, I just real quickly just touch back. Um, yeah, really, I'm with you on there. Like that's the project where a lot of people, a lot of Drake fans, like love that shit. They mm-hmm. say that's kind of where Drake kind of got back to his rabbity rap shit. And that's yeah, a project. Yeah. I, I could live. I could do without that project. If if like I had to cut a project from the catalog, it probably yep. that one. Um, yeah, and, and I feel like that's where, you know, it kind of talk about Drake's complacency a little bit. I think that's where the complacency started because that's when he realized I can drop whatever I want, whenever I want, and niggas are going to eat it the fuck up. I don't have to try anymore. I, don't, I ain't see, got to. 
I don't know if I agree with that fully. Because, like, this is like some... He did some experimenting. Because this is coming off the back of... What was this? Because coming back and nothing was the same. He did some experimenting kind of on this a little bit. So I don't know. That, that, that was the beginning of his appropriation wave. You're right. Uh, his, his And, and his ghostwriting wave. Making beautiful music. I don't know. Or mm. we're talking about with that that guy and his lies. Oh, uh, <laughs> Eileen ass nigga. Um, let me chill. Sorry, Quentin. I, I didn't mean that. But um, mm. more life. More you life. Oh, Quentin Miller, your goddamn life. <laughs> I think more life is probably my most underrated Drake project. I think I can. There's. Listen, I can listen to more life. Like honestly, if I if I wanted to make this like uh, the perfect. More life, I would. There's a couple mm-hmm. things I've heard of, but for the most part, I can listen to this front to back and not really have any issues. And, and that's what I'm saying. That's my point. I mean, uh, again, uh, it, fucking gigs verse on KMT, the greatest thing to come out of uh, England since Game of Thrones. You want to um, talk about shit I hated at first? Oh but yeah, yeah, bro. Then fucking grew on me to. Man, I, I, I was like, and, 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 I was with uh, I was with officially Ice on Twitter. He uh, <laughs> he was tweeting out links to the non uh, non UK nigga version of this. Yeah, <laughs> and I was with him at first, but mm-hmm. then going back fucking with that gigs verse, man. Man, whipping that white girl, whipping that, whipping that sassy. I didn't, I didn't feel that until I watched Game of Thrones. That's all Game of Thrones. That's, oh my god, this this nigga gig is crazy, bro. Damn it, Listen, man. Um, turkey. <laughs> they're not Jackie. Listen, man, that verse is crazy, nigga. That verse is insane, bro. But um, that was the first time me hearing like some UK drill and being like, okay, I see what these ham and egger ass niggas, niggas is fucking with. Beans and biscuits. <laughs> um, but but uh, kind of circling back to the point again, projects like that with so many hits on them kind of works. Uh, counter uh, productive to these albums because if he can drop like a very low effort just random ass collection of songs a playlist a mixtape or whatever however you want to call it then when he comes back for his album I feel like your album has to be on fucking point to even compare sometimes to some of them projects some of them smaller projects um cause like if you can condition people to uh being fine without having a narrative of just dropping a, a, a random collection of songs and then you come back and you're trying to create a cohesive narrative on that album on an album that cohesive narrative got to be tight or it's gonna be like eh, i don't really need a story from this nigga no more and niggas won't care about that shit and i feel i feel like views suffered from that quite a bit that is uh i didn't anticipate me having to agree with uh one of any of your points <laughs> But that that does make sense. No, I, I can I can see kind of where the just the fact that he's capable of just giving us classics and hits whenever, and then mm-hmm. albums not necessarily turn out to be that it makes sense. But I I I still give him the leeway to to where it's like he's like to a point where even his experimentations, even his shit where he's trying new things on the album, which is mm-hmm. to try new things. But him he's reached a certain point where. It's like I've I've done I've done I've given you perfection I've given you mm-hmm. just a, a a certain level of and no matter what I try it's not gonna fall below x x level of greatness yes 
So I think it yeah. is it's still it's still it's like I know I, that's, I would still appreciate. You know what I'm saying? Like the perfectly correlated, the perfectly put together type of album from him. But I don't mm-hmm. necessarily mind all the misses. Yeah, you know I mean, like if, if this was still like a up and coming guy who was still searching for kind of that project, yeah, I would feel more so a type of way to his misses on like album than Drake. Where I, I've seen like the I have seen the mountaintop. So I don't necessarily <laughs> need another mountaintop, if that makes sense. Mm. Oh, I, that actually makes a lot of sense. Um, but that does kind of bring me into uh, some of the things that I that I really want to discuss. Um, and that is um, some of the issues that, that Drake has had, I will say. Because, again, I ain't about to spend this whole podcast oh, bigging up this fucking light-skinned nigga. Real quick, um, can I just can I just get off a couple songs, uh, underrated songs, real quick? Or you want to say that? Sure, nigger. Oh boy, we can save for later if you like. No, go ahead. All right, let them fly. Um, real quickly, signs. One of my favorite Drake songs. Uh, Good one. Here's one stone. Distant Cuddy. I'm here for that. Uh-huh. Uh, winner. Old Drake. I tried to put that uh, as an instrumental to my high school uh, football mixtape, but my father said no. I think it's <laughs> recruited. Like that, um, <laughs> fear, finesse, Barry Bonds freestyle, where to now, greatness, you know, you know, days in East, all just mm-hmm. tremendous songs that don't necessarily get the shine that they deserve. But here we go on to the my least favorite portion of uh of the pod. Let's talk about the very few Drake misses and L's that he has suffered. Oh, you know what's crazy? This ain't crazy even the L's. Crazy so I don't know where we're. <laughs> uh, 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 this ain't even the L's. We still gonna get to the L's. I just want to talk about some of his misses, some some of his broader strokes. Um, because again, I, is that what you said? <laughs> I, would, I, I refuse to let this goddamn podcast go by without slandering Drake in some way. So I want to talk about just just a few things real quick um, that I feel are very large issues. Um, that Drake has had over the course of his career. My rebuttal hat, real quick. Okay, so let's let's talk about the first thing that I mentioned a little bit. Drake's complacency, um, and this is something that I feel like has been bred out of the fact that he is as successful as he is. When you are as famous and as talented, and you have as many fucking hits and as much money as Drake, you don't have to try anymore. But once you reach the point where you don't have to try obviously your art is going to suffer for it. And I think that Drake has hit the point where we are all patiently awaiting certified lover boy. Um, but because, because mainly because we want to hear what type of approach is Drake going to take to it? Is, is Drake going to lock in more for one of those take care, nothing was the same type of projects, or is he going to give us a glorified scorpion? You feel me? And I feel like, the longer that Drake goes on, I feel like the more complacent he's become. And one thing about you, we continue to make that Hove Drake comparison. Hove, you can't always say that his best, his his latest project is his best project. That's obviously not true. But we have not heard complacency really out of Jay his entire career. Um, and I think that is in part because Jay is a rapper. Like, at the end of the day, he is only going to let his art suffer so much. He knows that th- that he is going to have fucking paintings in the Louvre 
<laughs> one day he knows that he's going to be in the fucking smithsonian so he knows he get inducted into the rock and roll hall of fame shout out to ho Vito. he understands that this is my legacy bro like this is what i'm leaving behind i am not going to put out anything that is under the standard of excellence that i've had my entire career both as a rapper and as a mid to high level drug dealer so Drake, on the other hand, is somebody who seems more content with his fame and more content on his success to the point where his art suffers quite a bit. What would you say? How would you uh, rebuke that? I would say um, I've never heard anything more wrong in my life. Uh, yeah. And I've watched a lot of Skip Bayless. Um, mm. No, nah, I would say, yes, you're, you're, you're wrong. I would say one of the fucking reasons that uh, people lash out at drake or have issues with drake is his quote-unquote appropriation of styles mm. that to me yes shows yes, indeed. him specifically rebutting complacency he's not just rapping mm. and rapping like he he used to rap this nigga's trying new things literally all the mm. time. are they new new for him this nigga just invent the shit all the time you know what i mean Mm. like new for him like i i don't recall man's man's hove Mm -hmm. recall uh island bad man hove (laughs) man's hove ting ting hove he he fucks with damian marley heavy so we might get bad man jay soon (laughs) but no i think I can understand where someone would say that, where the complacent thing, but I feel like he he's done way too much experimenting mm. in sounds, in, in in different genres, in even flows to say he's necessarily complacent. I think the kind of point you were saying is kind of Jay Z holds up to a fucking standard. That's that's kind of a gift and a curse that Drake has. Like he's mm. given us the the, the nine point huh, nine gift and a curse. He sees how he sat, brought it right together. Um, Dre's giving us the 9.9, 10.0 type of album, like that top level shit. And yeah. even the shit where, like, you were talking about, like, the views or the, the, uh, if you're reading this too late, those are still elite type level album. They might not be elite album, but they're in the right context, yeah. capable of being elite. So I don't think, like, if you were to kind of, Drake has, his level of greatness is, is it can't really exceed the top, but it can't go too far below like that top level. You know what I mean? Mm. Like fucking like kind of like in uh in high in high school, like I he's like a hundred to A. I went to high school, private school, ninety two was a B, which is fucking insane. But Yeah, yeah, mine was too. <laughs> yeah, so shit like that. So like Drake is probably like his his max is like a hundred percent get an A. And mm-hmm. his minimum bullshit that that you might not no one really likes is still like a b plus yeah i mean yeah yeah i I, and and i agree um i i i do agree with that definitely but i've seen um i've just seen just too much kind of experimentation in different projects just because for me it's just just because shit's not necessarily as good as something we've heard previously or just because the album is not as good as kind of the sound we've heard moving that 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 doesn't necessarily Mm -hmm. place into me you know i mean See, but to counter yo, to counter your different sounds take, I feel like that almost works with it, and and this is where Drake gets a lot of criticism at times, 
you know, Island Drake or or Men's Top Boy Drake or uh, Geechee Drake or uh, now what is he Muslim Drake? Oh yeah, uh, sure. I'm Muhammad, <laughs> brother. Go ahead. Yeah, um, I feel like because these are not popular art forms and popular subgenres here in America, and a, a lot of people, even black people, have not been exposed to a lot of this music. I don't think he has to try that hard in, in some of those different sounds. Listen, He can just go up there and be like, you know, man, man, ting, ting, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, okay, wow, I've never heard that before. That sounds different. Listen, that's part of that is he's, he's so big. He's not doing that for us. He's doing that for them. This nigga He's doing it for them. For them. For them. The man's them over there and the yard men down there and uh, <laughs> my Aki's. Uh, in the Middle East, but um, like that's like he he he's so big for him to to, to kind of not even experiment that way. It's not disrespectful, but it's like I it's it's I would give him kind of more more peace for for even trying that. You know what I'm saying? To try yeah. to at least embrace the culture over there, give them a little bit of shit that they want to hear. More so as in trying to just placate your American fan base. You feel me? Yeah, and 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 I give him, I do give him some credit for that because I don't I don't consider it appropriation because he is bigging up and he is collaborating with a lot of these artists. Right. Um. Uh, we for, we forgot about Afro Beats Drake as well. Ooh, um. From the Ghana. And you know, so it would be one thing if he was taking these sounds and not attributing them to the right people and not. Uh, you know, collaborating with the artists that are that live and and define these cultures. Uh, uh another song that we forgot. Um, uh, song with Bad Bunny. Uh, Mia. Um, which helped helped propel Bad Bunny into one of the biggest stars in the world now as well. Um, these eyes have ever seen. <laughs> oh, he, that nigga's incredible. Um, and, and and that's another one. Or you know, it could be a song with Romeo Santos. It could be a song with <laughs> Two Favorito Mommy. <laughs> Let me black out. Um, it could be a, a song with Wizkid. You feel me? It could be a song with 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 Gigs. It could be you know any number of people. And I will say I will give him a ton of credit because he puts those artists on. He's he's not. He's not stealing. He is, you know, but when I use a big verse, I'm only bigging up my brother. Uh, so I will give him credit there, but I do think that that comes hand in hand with the idea that, A, like, I'm doing this shit, but, you know, Jim Beheim voice, y'all going to get whatever the fuck I give y'all because y'all don't know no better when it comes to these genres. Um, We're so agree to disagree there, but I, 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 hear, eh, you, I hear your point. That's fine. I, I mean, I do not respect your opinions generally. Naturally. Uh, so disagreeing is nothing to me. Okay. Um, but something else that I wanted to mention as well, which is something that I don't think a lot of people, I've ever even heard a lot of people talk about. So, of course, we're going to fucking talk about it here on the Beware the L's podcast. Um, the lack of success for OVO as a label. <sighs> I, let, let, let me speak. Let me speak, and then and you can get out whatever you want to say and make my point. When you start talking about Drake in the all-time range, because obviously he is, as an artist, he is head over heels better than anybody 
in today's generation. J. Cole dropping in about 45 minutes, Kendrick Lamar, all of those people. Um, he's far above them. Um, he reached a point in, you know, the, I would say, early 2010s, you know, everything post My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, where he eclipsed Kanye pretty easily. Um, but you start talking about all time, it is it gets very difficult to kind of differentiate things, and it's, it, it becomes about more than just the music. Uh, when, you, when you're splitting hairs and trying to figure out who is the all-time greatest, who is the literal GOAT in these categories or in these genres of music, you have to start looking past just the music, right? Just what they're putting on wax to what is their impact? What are they doing? How are they contributing to everything, uh, to, to the culture, to society, all these different things? And one area where I feel like Drake falls short is his success as the head of OVO. And I understand that this is a different era. This is the streaming era. Everything is fucking different. But when you look at the dynastic labels of our day, when you look at Rockefeller, when you look at G-Unit, when you look at good music, when you look at MMG, they are all built around a Rough Riders. They are all built, Bad Boy, Death Row, all that. They're all built around a super popular artist, and that super popular artist uses their heat to spread that shit to the niggas, his underlings on his label, and to make those niggas stars, right? Drake, to be as popular as he is, arguably the most popular rapper of all time, it's amazing to me, as popular as he is, that he has not been able to make stars out of a lot of niggas. Har har hardly any niggas outside of the weekend. And that's debatable whether that, that was on Drake or not. Well, you can bring people, you can recruit people in, but you can't, you can lead a horse to water, can't make them drink. Um, <laughs> no, but this is, that's kind of like similarly like how I view, like when niggas ask me, like who are the best basketball players, who are the best football players all the time. Like when I'm when I'm looking at that type of uh, question, I view kind of what you do, what you did on the field, mm -hmm. and then if you want a ring or whatever, that's like extra. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not necessarily equating that into the the, the, the formula, but that's like an exponent. That's you know fair. I mean? That's so fair. I'm viewing Drake and other rappers. The success of your label, or the success of the niggas who are around you, mm -hmm. to me that, that doesn't really take away from what you're doing, but it, it doesn't can, take away, but it doesn't it, add to it either. Right, it, it can enhance it. It's a it's an expert. Mm -hmm. you know I mean, so like, just because Drake hasn't had success with with people mm -hmm. he's signed, that doesn't hurt him, but doesn't help him at all. But for like you said, like like a nigga like a Hove or, or a Fifty or a DMX. That helps him. That gives him an extra boost. But I'm not. Yeah. I'm not knocking Drake just because the niggas he. Oh, I'm knocking him. Of course, bitch ass nigga. Yeah. Let's get into it. Yeah. So for me, it. I think that it's it's not the best sign. I think it's a red flag when you you getting on songs with all these young up and coming artists. You are literally helping turning these you know little babies and all these people helping to turn them into stars. But you can't make stars out of the niggas on your label. You helping other niggas eat. Before you help the niggas that you are paying eat. 
he's that's wild to me, bro. He's giving party so many verses. He's giving actually he needs to give division more verses, honestly, in my opinion. Mm. But I I can't fault him for that. Like I don't I don't know what what the party's uh, process of recording is, and niggas just some niggas just don't have it. I mean, some niggas. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, okay, then that makes him a bad talent evaluator. Um, maybe I might copy. He listen. Copy he, that he, point, but he he ain't he ain't escaping this shit scot free, nigga. Uh, ain't no fucking way. Boy, it's taped you, me. You feel me? <laughs> um, you. I, I mean, sure, when it comes down to a, a nigga, evaluator. Hope signed the Rangers. What do you want to do? What, 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 what are we saying? <laughs> Oh, uh, but yeah, for, I, I, for, for every for every Lloyd Banks, there's a there's a there's a Tony Ayo. But, but you feel me? But oh, Jesus Christ! But you are you are correct in that it does not take away, but it also does not it don't add to the legacy neither. And it's just I think when it's all said and done, and 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 we racking it up for Drake, he still could end up being you know the goat. But I just I just think it's really weird. You know, we've never really seen anybody in you, any area of entertainment be as popular and as hot as Drake is and not have that success spread to bro. your niggas. One That's, it, it, it doesn't mean that Drake's selfish. Doesn't mean that he's not focusing on putting his niggas on as much as he claims that he does. Listen, it means something. Yeah. I don't know exactly what it means, but it means something. I salute to myself. Uh, I just had the anniversary of myself graduating college not too long ago. But I remember uh, after graduation, we all went out together and mm-hmm. we were like, yo, bro, Roy Woods is that nigga. I love me some Roy Woods. And I was like, Roy Woods? Drake's nigga? I was like, hell yeah, Roy Woods. Drake's nigga. I can't believe Drake is giving him all his hits and whatever. Like, That's oh, a weird man. thing to say at this point. <laughs> it's a weird thing to say. But okay. So I don't, I don't know oh, what changed in these past few years. Um, But even more from that, like I said, it, it, it raises a red flag. But there's no bigger red flag from drake than the elephant in the room which again does not get addressed enough drake is as big as a star as he gets in a time where we've seen the rise of maga the rise of q the rise of the proud boys and everything else is going on um not just in this country but all over you know shit racism just ain't a thing in america it's, it's terrible all over the world drake's lack of commentary on social issues is appalling it's not just appalling it's fucking unacceptable from a person of his stature especially being a lebron james dick rider and all of this other shit for him to consistently not say a fucking word on these things bro like it's 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 michael jordan shit but again even back then that was different that was at a time where you know niggas in in general weren't speaking on shit in mass the way that people are now so how can you defend this man who again uses takes so many different things from so many different black cultures who has was literally built off black culture but does not say a word about our suffering uh let's see let me go ahead and put my gloves on i do not remember you saying any of this um about kylie minogue (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, I don't remember you saying any of this shit about Burner Boy. Um, so you just picking and choosing just to single out Drake. Um, yes, I no, am. He fucking deserves sure. it. 
for him for this this is um i might try to spend it <laughs> um go ahead nigga let's see if i can go ahead and do this go ahead for spinderella me, uh again we've talked about this previously and i don't remember what podcast or whatever but mm. as far as artists i'm not the type of person that uh, looks to mm. or expects people who aren't necessarily knowledgeable about certain issues to speak on certain issues. I'm not looking for Josh Smith, one of my favorite basketball players of all time. <laughs> I don't need him speaking on uh, issues uh, that are pertinent to. No, nah, I'm just bullshit. But no, nah, that's something I think that while we shouldn't require it, it is interesting to see Drake not really speak about things. Um, even as a foreigner, he has he's got he spent way too much time in the states. Um, truly not say anything, but like on a seri- more serious kind of note, like I do, I don't necessarily look for people who I look up to in different genres of entertainment to necessarily speak on social issues. I look to more people who are in that lane I look, to, I look more so to politicians more so to people who are working in those type of fields to speak on those issues see, more so than entertainers but it is interesting to see like he hasn't really said anything see for me idea. for me bro it's like no I'm not leading I'm not looking for Drake to lead the charge I'm not looking for Drake to be DeRay you feel me or in his case Sean King but yeah alright all right. um I but his voice is important. You feel me? His voice, somebody who again, as we mentioned, is in the home of every person in America, white, black, or other. It's not about him speaking on things that he's not knowledgeable about and leading the charge, but it is about letting people know where you stand. That that is important. Okay. I today, I today, bro, just because Drake is cool with this person and Drake is cool with that person. I don't know what he is. I don't know if if Drake is more LeBron James or Waka Flocka Flame. I don't know. I have no idea. And that's because he because he does not want to alienate his sponsors. He does not <laughs> Republican stream albums too. Because of that, this nigga's he, got Sprite Nike deals. <laughs> he 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 doesn't have to explicitly say oh i'm towing the line and i'm being neutral on purpose it's apparent it's obvious bro and because of that i don't know where he stands and that bothers me and it should bother you too as a fan mm, see i i get where you're coming from um but he's sponsored by sprite and ain't nothing blacker than sprite <laughs> um but like for me it's like i it would be nice if he did say something but at the same time like this isn't a a fucking uh, bipartisan type issue, nigga. As far as like the the whole Black Lives Matter and everything is associated with that, nigga. It's one side that that's correct. The other side is fucking wrong. Yeah, I don't think necessarily like it would be nice if he said something, but like I, I, I it's not like it's a fifty fifty issue where most, some people are here, some people are there, nigga. If you agree with the fact that Black Lives Matter and everything that's associated with that. Like you're on the side of that's right and that's correct, and if you don't, then you're a fucking weirdo, a fucking loser. You know what I'm saying? Like when issues I think are kind of that just this kind of uh, distinct, 
I'm, I don't know the silly word I'm looking for. When they're kind of this this polar, this this kind of opposite of each other, mm-hmm. where like one side is completely right, the other side is like wrong as shit. Mm-hmm. I I would assume that you're on the side of, of right based on your see, behavior. See, but that in 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 my opinion, that speaks to my point. This is black and white. There is only a right or wrong. If there's only a right or wrong, why can't you say anything about it? The niggas got songs with Black Boy. What do you think? <laughs> Drake, listen, <laughs> man. Flock of EDM music. Hmm. <laughs> listen, and, and and again, when I say I don't know what side that he's on, I'm not necessarily saying that he's MAGA. But what have we said over and over and over and over and over again on this pod? Keeping that same energy, holding our faves accountable. That, that was then. <laughs> uh keep uh keeping that same energy holding our faves accountable and when when it comes to drake bro like if you are not on the right side if you are not on our side if you are not against injustice racism police brutality all that shit and not saying he's not but if you are not speaking on it if you are not using your platform to affect it him. in some positive way if you if you are purposely staying silent on things because you don't want to alienate the other side, then you're on the wrong side. That's as bad to me as being actual MAGA or being an actual just general dickhead. I I, I mean I I feel you the the least possible amount of feel you that 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 is out there. But like just this nigga so big. Even if he was like yo Donald Trump them suck my dick, this nigga's not gonna lose followers or lose money like it's he's he's too big to to fail at this he's point. too big to fail but well, that's what they said about our banks is... <laughs> the big short too starring drake but i will say <laughs> that um um yeah it is it is it would be nice for him to say something um but best believe i swear to uh jesus buddha allah and all them niggas i will hmm. i'm strolling through push t timeline tonight and if i don't see anything about Black Lives Matter, I'm on your ass, nigga. You better pray Terrence was uh tweeting about this shit. Terrence has braids. We know he's not in his what right he, mind. Didn't he have a blue, a black, a blue, blue lives matter mask on or some shit like that? That was James Harden. Push had some shit with him. <laughs> <laughs> there was there was something going on. Damn it. Um, but uh, you know, as we have had a very uh, a very comprehensive pot. So far, um, as we start to wrap it up, um, we want to get into um, a couple of our reoccurring segments as they pertain to Drake. Obviously, no need for light skin power rankings. It's Drake, 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 Drake. Um, but top five, or top five, top five, top five, top five of the week. Um, we want to talk about a few of Drake's biggest flexes. Some of, obviously, again, you talk about a star of his magnitude. Um, this nigga's going to flex crazy uh, just because he can. So, top five biggest flexes. Wes, would you like to start? Yeah, you want to go back and forth or you want to just run through? Uh, pause. But, uh, <laughs> um, shit, I'll go back and forth. All right. Real quick, I got what two honorable mentions. Mm-hmm. First honorable mention, uh, recovering from every L. Um, yeah. For me, it's a very few number of L's Drake has taken. For mm-hmm. others, it can be uh, maybe more a few more than a few, if you will. Mm-hmm. But every time this man 
takes an L, he recovers and is back on point like nothing happened. Mm-hmm. It's uh it's rare that we've seen the type of artist um face L's and some of the L's are, are pretty big, pretty substantial. Beat the charges um, like Rocky every and, time. That he comes back from and is is bigger and better, and it's crazy to see. Um another honorable mention I have is Air Drake. Um just having a having a big ass plane crazy that's yours. Yeah, it's decorated the way you like it and you can just hop on at any time pause is uh is interesting to see yeah but um my number five do you have any honorable mentions or you said a five no i said a five all right five um my number five is uh drake drake's biggest flexes is basically um making the raptors give him a job yeah so yeah drake was just a, a fan who went to set courts out of raptors games and as he as his stature grew and as he grew he essentially just made the raptors say hey you're going to be our some type of some type of ambassador, global role. ambassador, global ambassador. That he has with the team. Hey, and, I am the um, city. I am the night. Yeah. Yes, a lot of whole references here, but um, <laughs> yeah. So he uh comes to game still like whenever he wants to. Uh, was was all about their all with them on their playoff run and and, and received a ring. Yeah. From the team after they won a championship, so him um, kind of bogarting his way into an NBA organization he, is yeah. a big flex. Uh, he was very instrumental in that Raptors championship run. Uh, look at this. Everything you see, uh, we built this. Um, and that is true. The dip. Um, he helped galvanize the Raptors fan base in a way that we didn't even know was possible. We know the Raptors really had fans like that until yeah. Drake started corralling them um, and kind of making them into a thing. And it, it yeah. was actually... I, you know, we love sports. Seeing the birth and the ascent of a franchise right before our eyes um, in everything, not just play on the court, but also in, you know, perception and fandom and everything is a really beautiful thing to see. And Drake is very instrumental to that, uh, all the way down to the OVO jerseys, which are still fire. Um, Incredible. And that that actually was my number four, but I'll adjust it um, and also make that my number five. All right, so you want my number four? Yeah. My number four is a recent accolade he uh, uh, received is uh, the Billboard Artist of the Decade. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, we, we kind of have gone from – we have our views here about, about Billboard and kind of how they get down. But as one of the preeminent uh, musical uh, publications, websites – uh, accumulator of, of music stats. Billboard is huge. Um, and to be named artist of the decade uh, of all genres mm-hmm. for anybody is huge. Absolutely. Um, I saw the previous winner from the of the 2000s. The wait, 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 wait. Let me guess. Let me guess. Go ahead. Go ahead. The, the winner from the 2000s was... Ah! Petey Crack. Oh, you must have seen my winners from the 2000s. <laughs> uh, Billboard did not agree with uh, PDP um, winning, but Billboard, I believe it was uh, Marshall Mathers, mm. which is nah, yeah, yeah, okay. all right. But yes, for for Drake to be out of all the people who've kind of come to prominence in the 2010s, like a lot of big Taylor decades, Swifts, Ariana Grande's, Beyonce, Grande, Rihanna, Grande. Nicki. Big deal, man. ESTG, all the, all the heavy hitters mm-hmm. to like come out uh and and see prominence in the decade and to be named the artist of the decade by one of the biggest publications in music. You can't you can't you can't sleep on that. No, you so cannot. That, that's that's my number four. 
Uh, my number four, which was my number five, is uh, you mentioned Air Drake. Just the combination of uh, his jet and his house together. That nigga's house is unlike anything I've ever seen. It, it, it was <laughs> featured. You said his house. You uh, mean his estate. His estate. Um, in um, his estate in in Toronto was featured in Architectural Digest. Um, never seen a rapper do that before. And again, you talk about taking things and just and, and kicking it up a notch. We have seen uh, how many rappers have we seen have you know big mansions, big houses, whatever. Rick Ross's is also next level. Uh, Drake and Ross definitely one and two in that department. But um, just the design, the 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 design of everything in that house is so forward. It's so next level. It's again Drake being thinking two steps ahead of the game, um, and designing and laying out his house in a way that not just other rappers haven't been able to do, that other celebrities haven't been able to do. It is fucking beautiful. That nigga lives in a community college, honestly. Yeah, facts. Um, that was your um, and, and, and I'll actually throw in on Go top ahead. of that, um, shooting, um, shooting the video at the Nike campus. Who else can do that? I didn't even think about that. That that did that, that and and he brought in uh Drewski. And brought in Drewski. Put Drewski on. Shout <laughs> <laughs> Drewski, man. Drewski doing his goddamn thing. The king, man. Um my number three is making Toronto cool. Um Yeah. I went to Niagara Falls in Toronto when I was probably I think around nine, ten. Mm-hmm. Pretty whack, huh? Shit was whack, though. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I said, oh, shit, there was Morris Peterson. That's kind of cool. Not really. Um, but nah, like, Toronto, like, uh, as you know, us here in the States are all about the fucking United States, nigga. We don't give a shit about anything else nope. but these 48 Continentals, nigga. Um, and for an artist who began his career as an actor on like a teen show mm-hmm. to come into the rap game and essentially carry a country on his back and then turn that country and that city specifically into one of the hotter locations mm-hmm. by just being from there and then being associated with a basketball team there and just doing big things in and around the city. That's huge. That's like, like I mean, that's it's hard to imagine with rappers we see now, because everybody kind of comes from established places. Yeah, exactly. So for, for that, that'd be like if Jay Z was from the uh, Butte, Montana, or a favorite of the pot. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know. That's like that'd be like if like if it was a rapper who like blew up maybe a couple years ago mm-hmm. from Tulum. You feel me? <laughs> Who like kind of blew up and brought the city with him? Shout out to Loom. For, for Drake to oh, man, yeah. I'm trying to put, I'm trying to put some shit together, but not nah, so, so for Drake to to do that for Toronto is huge. It's crazy, bro. Um, again, no artist has ever been more synonymous with one city than Drake is with Toronto, and that that's all. That's all you got to know uh, with that one for uh, for real. Which is it, it's a great point. I mean. People always talk about putting the city on their back. No, this nigga literally has the city on his back. Yeah, um, had a country on his back at a point. Yeah, pretty much. Um, 
and that is your number three. So my number three uh, biggest Drake flex is stay scheming. And we talk about stay scheming as the, the, the song where he got out rapped by one French Montana <laughs> bar. Fanute the coot to the, <laughs> the ghost dog. Uh, number three, stay scheming. A song that we credit as the birth of Holland Drake. Uh, that nigga, that light skin, that bald light skin nigga common unlocked a Super Saiyan level of Drake that we did not know existed before then. Um, not just the flex of the fact that the entire purpose of the song is because you're fucking Serena Williams. Like, that's enough right there. But the the energy that he brought on that record to a legend, it bothers me when the gods get to acting like the broads. You know? Um, it just... That man made go. (laughs) He put Common on his ass. We, before the All-Star game, like, I hadn't heard Common's name since. It was like, stay scheming. Common died. Then the All-Star game. Now he's gone again. Um, The Drake effect. You, you, you pray. He did what the fuck he had to do for a nigga. And Common only took that stance with him because, again, niggas have always seen Drake as soft. And let's not get it twisted. Uh-oh, he are. is soft. But just because he's soft don't mean he won't defend himself. And he definitely did the fuck that on State Scheming, which is one of the true masterpieces of the 21st century. Absolutely, unequivocally. And that actually kind of leads into my number two. Mm-hmm. My number two. Um, we are the world's most inclusive podcast. Yes, we are. This might be a tad misogynistic. Mm. But my number two, Rihanna. Mm. Jennifer Lopez. Mm-hmm. Serena Williams. Yes, sir. Bria Miles. Bria Miles. Yes, sir. Malaya. Malaya, keep it going. That's where I start. That's where I start. I, 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 I was, I was come getting on. upset. Come on, nigga. Cat from Philly. That was good. Mm, was this, good. this girl I used to love. Come on. Uh, Courtney from Hooters on Peachtree. <laughs> um, uh, Georgia Smith, allegedly. Allegedly. Uh, my my homegirl, uh, Shorty, just recently, the Naomi chick. Um, oh yeah, got mm-hmm. the nigga doing capoeira. Yep, and yes sir. Disrespecting himself on the internet, but Drake is uh, the rap game Derek Jeter. Um, as far as the ladies he's been courted and um has been seen out with, and that's when, as far as rap goes, you know what I'm saying? Like it is a very misogynistic, very masculine machismo type of genre. And yes. If one thing you are gonna hear in rap music, whether you like it or not, is uh niggas fucking your bitch, niggas fucking yeah. da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. and for a lot of niggas, it's hard to kind of get the quote unquote baddies of the game or in the industry or of other different industries. Mm-hmm. But for Drake to kind of float in and out of different industries and to be around all all these beautiful women and to to pull some of the baddest of the baddest. Baddest it's, of the baddest. He's probably got the the best roster of of, of women. That's uh, what I'm. I, I, that's that's what I'm saying. For 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 everybody to be, for Drake to allegedly be as corny as everybody says he is, and he is corny. But very corny. but 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 to have the list, the roster that he has, um, being that corny lets niggas know that. If you got money and you're corny, you're not really corny. Um, if you got money and you can wrap your ass off, yes, and and, and 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 you be in your feelings. Just I I just pulled up a a, a quick list. 
outside of Wilder Valderrama, I don't think anybody uh, has yeah. a better roster than Drake. Um, apparently, he's gone on a date with Kat Dennings. See that here? Um, oh, wow. We got Tyra Banks on this list. We got yeah. um, Bella Hadid, which is very messy. Oh, that's, um, a, that's finesse right there. <laughs> you and your sister. Um, who Madonna, else? Madonna sexually assaulted him on stage. She did. That was that was that was weird. You I know. Like um, but yeah. Um, you already mentioned Jennifer Lopez. The the Someone alleged the alleged romance with she should work tonight. She should Black work China. tonight. Yeah. No, okay. Um, on to tell China it'd be worth the flight, nigga. Uh, on to uh, my number two, which is Drake's status, his now confirmed status as the biggest hit maker in the history of music. You mentioned his Billboard Artist of the Decade Award. I mentioned earlier that there's never been a better song maker, a, a better hip hop artist than him. That has been confirmed and validated because Drake not only has the most billboard entries, hot 100 entries of any artist we've ever seen, he has to also has the most top 10 hits of any artist that we've ever seen. He also became the first artist to have an entire project chart. Whole project. Non-album shit too. Chart on the billboard charts. Now that's a regular thing. Anytime a big artist drops a, a project, all of the songs basically end up on billboard. That was not a thing before Drake did it. Um, he has again redefined the concept of what a hit maker is, and he does it so effortlessly, and he's done it so many times now that it doesn't even seem it almost doesn't seem real. This nigga has more hits than a lot of he's your got, favorite artists got combined. More, got more slaps than the Beatles. That's what he he's, said. He's got more slaps than the Beatles, and that is an unequivocal fact. Um, the second, the second best hit maker behind Youngberg. <laughs> hit maker. Uh, that's my number two. Uh, Drake's status as the biggest hit maker of all time. All right, that actually ties in perfectly to my number one. I thought you were going to kind of step on my toes here, hmm. but my number one, Drake, biggest flex. Um, it's kind of back to the stats again. Mm-hmm. From 2009 to 2017, this nigga lived in the Billboard Hot 100. This nigga spent eight straight years, 431 consecutive weeks with a song in the Billboard Hot 100. That's That's the wildest shit I've ever heard. Yeah, that's literally my favorite Drake. That's literally almost 10 years. That's literally eight eight straight years. That's literally, that's too many days to even fucking count. 24,000 days or 25,000 days. Consecutively, at least having just one song in the Hot 100, when most of the times it was multiple songs, his songs, features, whatever that lived that in that so Billboard wild. Top 100. That is so the wild. Second, bro. The second most all time is Lil Wayne with 326, mm. which is a, a feat in itself. But then just look at that number, and Drake had a hundred more weeks. hundred more weeks. Two more years. Think of back in the 2000s, specifically the late 2000s. Um, and how we thought that Drake was just the hottest rapper we've ever seen, and there's no way that anybody can ever surpass this. And think about the fact that Drake has lapped him five, six times already. 2009, we were what, 17? 
Yeah. 2017, we were what? 25? Yeah, about. So from our sophomore year, freshman, sophomore year of college mm-hmm. to struggling, poor, <laughs> yes. young adults oh, in our rough, mid-20s. Rough time. This nigga was in the Billboard Top 100 the entire time. Whole time. Two per- Insane. If you lined it up, it essentially, it was basically Obama's term in office. <laughs> yeah. Was the time. This nigga spent two presidential terms in the top Billboard Top 100. That's crazy. That's Unmatched. Insane. Unmatched. Um, which takes to me to my number one, which unequivocally for me is the entire back-to-back saga with Meek. Um, yeah. You know, this situation started, and again, it's all Meek's fault. Like, it is, like, this did not have to happen. Um, there already seemed to be, now, understand something. Meek and Drake were very cool, you know. Um, they discussed their mutual uh, sexual escapades with Rihanna. Uh, they made songs together. Um, everything was all good. Meek was was on the up and up, and, you know, niggas was, was still on his side for the most part. Then, all of a sudden, Meek, uh, who got in his feelings, a lot of people speculate because of Nicki Minaj or because of her current relationship or a former relationship with Drake, whatever. He said he was on a purse. Anyway, um, got all in his feelings and decided that he wanted to, quote unquote, expose Drake, somebody who, uh, like he's like trying to do with Rick Ross, somebody who up to that point had been very good to Meek and had been nothing but a friend in an industry full of fiends, Okay. He decided that he not only wanted to denounce Drake, he wanted to try to roast this nigga. He wanted to try to discredit him for having ghostwriters, all because of a supposedly ghostwritten verse on Rico on Meek's album that ended up being his biggest hit off the album. And he was mad about it. He complained about it. And again, niggas be thinking Drake soft. Led him to a very bad situation um, with the charged up, and before Meek had a chance to come back with his fucking Undertaker garbage bullshit, yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, Drake hit us with back to back one of the catchiest and most toe tapping ass diss songs we have ever seen in our lives. And honestly, it took Drake again. I mentioned it earlier. He both killed Meek and brought him back to life. He, his career, Meek's career is owned by Drake, um, and he flexed on that nigga. <clears throat> And back to back in a way that we had not seen other than hit him up. Um, it was oh, dirty, man. it was messy, it was disgusting, and Meek was down bad. Understand that led Meek on the on the direct downward spiral that landed him in prison. Meek was doing fine, god damn it. He um, was not. He was doing fine. He gave us a DC four and wins and losses. Meek was doing fine. Um yes. It was embarrassing as someone who was fucked with Meek and Drake. Uh, Meek with Meek, I fucked with Meek since middle school. Uh, Drake came along beginning of high school. Um, it hurt me to see that entire situation go down. Um, but for Drake, yeah, back to back, charge up back to back was huge. It uh, it stopped a lot of shit from moving for Meek for a while. Um, Meek was fine, uh, not where he was previously, but Meek was fine. But then yes. Doubling back and and squashing the beef and giving us going bad was uh 
the perfect kind of push that Meek needed to get back into. Also, understand something. I ain't squashing no beef with no nigga that talked about me publicly the way Drake talked about me. I ain't squashing no beef with no nigga that found out what hotel I was staying in with Nikki, showed up, bought the room directly above mine, and played back-to-back the entire fucking night while I'm in the room. Meek said them pussies upstairs, they're scared to come down. He also, he also, <laughs> re- he also revealed that the niggas pissed on Drake, niggas peed on Drake in the movie theaters. Um, Which not. transitions us into my favorite part of the podcast, Drake's biggest L's. Oh, you goddamn trick me. Yeah, you used Meek to trick me. Yeah. <laughs> all this time. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and, you know, and, and we just going we gonna to run through these very, very quickly because we know podcasts course, are running a little long. There's only a few. Yeah, there's only a few. That's what um, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to run through mine. Uh, my number five is Drake's oh general. Uh, yes, Drake's general dick riding. Um, he's always been a dick rider. He will always be a dick rider. This man um, is supporting black people in, in a time <laughs> where black people are being killed by police, and he's a dick rider. Yeah, Sick. he is. He has been fan, quote unquote fans of more sports franchises than I can name. Um, he has decided that he is going to take on the role, despite how much money and power and influence that he has. He has decided that he is going to take over the role of a nigga at the club who manages to mosey his way into the drug dealer section. Shots fired. That, that, I mean, like, you act like he can just do that. Like, people aren't accepting him wherever he goes. He's the biggest nigga in the world, and mm. niggas would love to have him. If this nigga put on, like, fucking Dean Wade jersey, your bitch ass would be, <laughs> oh, yeah, glad to have Drake around. <laughs> 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 Ooh, <laughs> yes. Insane. Oh, bro. yes, I'm getting you fired the fuck up. That's what the fuck I want to hear, which moves <laughs> me on to Drake's next ill, which I actually had to, I, 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 through some of your commentary throughout this podcast, I had to adjust it. Um, cause previously actually had the Rihanna situation as an ill, but then you think about the fact that he had Rihanna at all. So even if he's, so, so, so even if he simped like crazy, Hey, you know, even if he looked stupid at an award show on national TV, uh, even if he, if he was irreparably damaged, his reputation was, it's still Rihanna. So I get it. Um, so my number four is actually going to be, I'm going to double down on his lack of social activism. Fucking light-skinned-ass bitch. All right, we move on. Number uh, three. I, I hope you keep all that energy for all the other foreigners. Uh, <laughs> uh, my number three is getting slapped by Diddy. Um, Diddy's a hip-hop four founder. Um, I believe this situation occurred in New York. So yeah, Yes, yes, it was. Tough, it, it's tough to kind of, kind of clap back when you're in another nigga's city. Um... Listen, a real star, a real star, and getting slapped up by no 50-some-year-old nigga. Also, um, you know Diddy, who goes by Puff Daddy, goes by Sean Combs. Yeah. You know, that, you know what that tells me? Mm? Nigga loves to change his name. You know what that tells me? Yeah. This nigga being court changing his name. You know what that tells me? This nigga's comfortable <laughs> in court. Nigga loves to sue. I'm going to get sued if I hit this nigga back. What's mm. your number three? Okay. All right. That, that was my number three. My number two is getting pissed on in the movie theater. I am literally 50-50. I can't, I can't take a side <laughs> because those are two of my favorite niggas. So, yes. That man got pissed on by one of T.I.'s associates in a movie uh, theater. Uh, 
I can spin this one too. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, you 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 hype for Ti's associate? You know what Ti's oh, associate was associating? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you fucking go, bro. <laughs> um, listen, I'm sorry. A nigga piss on me. That's it. And uh, allegedly, the nigga that pissed on him is a bit killer. <laughs> Big smoke part, energy. However, nigga piss on me, bro. Somebody got to die that night, either him or me. Mm, I don't know. You know who he's with. You know what he's into. <laughs> so, so you know, so you mean to tell me Drake just going to go to a movie theater, let T.I.'s nigga take a shit in the back of the theater and just wait? <laughs> and just wait for Drake? <laughs> Here's a squish. <laughs> Um, that's my number two. It didn't happen. And, and and to wrap it all up, you already know what number one is. You already know the number Actually, one. Actually, no. Here, real, real quick, real quick, I got a couple L's. I, yeah, that, go that ahead. You didn't, you didn't bring up. Um, Drake's my nigga. He tore his ACL on stage. That's just not cool. Um, he you're did. a rapper. Like, there's no reason for you to tear your ACL on stage. Um, another one L. He he <laughs> he shot that air ball at uh Kentucky's. Oh, Brian that was Madness. bad. <laughs> Um, not that I'm expecting my rappers to be good at anything outside of making music. Um, you you went in, sat on the film session. You had the warm ups on. You can't. He did. Football. He was in the team meetings and everything, bro. Um, the another one. I don't know why I had this many. I don't know why I didn't stop myself. Uh, he was involved in altercation that almost blinded an NBA All Star. Yes, uh, this is true. <laughs> which which is a uh, never really brought up, which is a fucking wild situation. Him and Chris Brown fighting over Rihanna, and Tony Parker almost loses an eye. Wild. Uh, yeah, I mean, I really don't care for Tony Parker. He's a he's a bad man himself. He is. Oh, he's he's despicable. A dirty Frenchman. Pu. Um, freeze me, frog you. But um, yeah, it's kind of thing. So then, other than that, you can bring up your number one, which is uh, one of the biggest lies in in hip hop history. <clears throat> The year. You got 45 and still got braids. That's crazy. The year is 2017. Drake's on top of the world. He thinks he's, he's untouchable. Still on top of the world. Still untouchable. He thinks he's untouchable like John Cena. Till he ran in to a cornrow saw by the name of Pusher Terrence. Drake, as you as as y'all may know or may not know. This Pusha T Drake beef has been bubbling for quite some time. Uh, you want to go all the way years. back to years. You want to go all the way back to 2012, 2013. Um, pop that. Um, Drake was talking about Pusha T. Um, we don't dress alike. We don't rap alike. I shine different. I rhyme different. Only thing you got is some years on me, man. Fuck you and your time difference, which is also a Drake line that I really like. Them niggas. Mm-hmm. Have been throwing shots, you know. Uh, Push did what he did to 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 Wayne on Exodus, which was oh, that shit was dirty. Um, beef is best served like steak. Well done, get a gun in your face, bitch, nigga. But so basically, the the beef had been brewing ever since then. They had traded some 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 shots back and forth. Um. The crazy thing is, I don't at this point. I don't remember what actually kicked it off. Like, what was what was the the catalyst in 2017? Um, let's see. It was uh, Push said some shit on um, on Daytona. He had some bars on. I want to say infrared. 
Yeah, yeah, right, right. Okay, infrared. Correct, correct. I couldn't remember which came first. Yep. Mm-hmm. So he comes with infrared. Drake comes back with Duppy, and unfortunately, Duppy hmm? is an all-time great diss song that fucking nobody listens. Nobody cares about anymore. And I hate that's what that, that shit. That's what happens, bro. That's what happens. And uh, he came back shit. with Duppy, and then push the pettiest rapper of all time. He suckered him in, and boy, did he put that nigga in the dirt. Not only. <clears throat> Did he um, spill the beans? Uh, not only did he reveal Drake's secret son uh, as piece of shit that he was not taken care of. The only reason Drake uh, is is taking care of Adonis is because Pusha T publicly shamed him into doing it. And that's your favorite rapper, huh? Drake was sending that boy money. Drake was <laughs> putting his baby moms up in the thing. But everybody wants to fucking believe Push. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Drug dealing aside, ghost writing aside, let's have a heart to heart about your pride, nigga. Hmm. Hmm. I started on the home front. Nigga, I'm on one. Dennis Graham, stay off the gram. Bitch, I'm on one. This nigga's father trying to get his business popping and, and live independently. You mentioned wedding ring like it's a bad thing. Your father walked away at five. Hell of a dad thing. Marriage is something that Sandy never had, Drake. How you a winner, but she keep coming in last place. Like Monkey you suit mean? Dennis, you parade him. A Steve Harvey suit nigga made him. Huh? Like that. <laughs> One day, I'm going to do a solo pod on and just pick apart every single fucking line that that, that nigga told. That just sounded cool because uh, I don't know who made that beat, but whoever made that beat, did the, or that was the OJ beat. Yeah, uh, story OJ. Um, no idea. Since you name dropped my fiance, let him know who you chose as your Beyonce. Hmm? Oh, here we go. Misogyny. Go ahead. Talk to talk Sophie to knows better than your baby mother. Cleaned up for IG, but the stench is on her. Wow. A baby's involved. It's deeper than rap. We're talking character. Wes, let's keep with the facts. You are hiding a child. Let that boy come home. Deadbeat motherfucker playing Border Patrol. Hmm? This man had a baby with a, a foreign national who wanted to have her child in her the country that she's from. Mm-hmm. And at least spend some time in the country where she's from to to raise a child, not necessarily ship a a newborn baby across the Atlantic Ocean. I don't know the second biggest ocean <laughs> in the entire world. But go ahead, love that baby, respect that girl. So basically, bro, um, one of for every line in that song, I tell well, you, I've been <laughs> one one of the nastiest, one of the nastiest diss songs of all time, and I think what makes it the biggest ill is not even necessarily the song itself, not having your secret child get exposed, not getting embarrassed. It's the fact, how did this information even get out? This information got out because 40, your boy, your best friend, was pillow talking with his shorty, who was a plant like old girl from Snowfall. (laughs) Uh, Push fucking planet a girl in 40's life and 40 shared all of his frustrations with Drake being an asshole and all these different things. And he spilled all the beans. This ain't even a little bit of the beans. This is, nigga, the whole British pot of fucking beans all over some goddamn toast. That's an L. That's supposed to be your nigga. I, I, hope, I hope he sleeps well at night. Um, I remember that, seeing the TV story about Drake getting shorty allegedly pregnant. This wasn't fucking news. Hmm. This man did all this and didn't even drop an album after that. He's sitting there with his braids, um, <laughs> his son with a name that's going to get him pulled over by the police all the time. <laughs> it's sick. That song made me 
throw up. In, I remember I heard it in my, my, my cubicle when I was at work. I threw up all over my cubicle. <laughs> my boss sent me home for the day. Um, yeah, it's a, it's, hmm. it's one of the, the, the greatest rap disses of all time. Um, objectively, it, it is one of the, it's, it is, it's, it's different. It's, it, it's one of those ones. It truly um, is. Unobject, sub- subjectively. So it's a bunch of lies and, and mm. bullshit that just sounded cool because Jay Z made a made a had a no idea make a cool beat. Uh Push is a liar. Push is a mean man. Um but like we talked about in my Drake honorable mention in the top five, this nigga comes back from every L. There he are does. some people who are looking at Drake differently from this, but those niggas are uh a small percentage, a small percentage of one percent. Um everybody else's eyes, Drake is unscathed um for those who are still kind of holding that to him that's something that are, that are always going to hold to him but for the most part people have moved on like i haven't necessarily thought about the push verse when when i think of drake for a while and that's a testament to kind of how big drake is he's too big to fail he's the banks prior to 08 or whatever that recession happened and I hate to admit it, but you were absolutely right. And I think part of the reason why that beef turned out the way that it did um, is because Drake went in and he's been in all of his beefs, all of his disagreements from, you know, Joe Button to, you know, whomever else. Um, he's always been such a big star. He understands that, like, I can't lose here. You get what I'm saying? Like. There's really no L for me to take in this situation. So I'm just going in. I'm going to give him a few bars like I gave Meek. And that's just going to be the end of it. You know, Pusha T is going to fade away because he's 40 and he has braids. But he completely underestimated Pusha T and that was a mistake. And while he didn't, it didn't kill him, obviously, nowhere near, didn't even graze him really. It is a, it's a mark on his. it, It grazed him. Okay, it, it, it's 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 a mark on his permanent record and yeah. what's been otherwise a stellar, spotless career. It not, is not according to you uh, with your your bullshit ass L list. Yeah, you know, I, but I'm, I'm just saying, you know, and yeah, it, it, if if he would have cho- if he would have chosen to respond, it would have gotten a lot worse. Um, still wait know. on that surgical summer. I don't know. Drake's got the he's got the funds to to dig up Pusha T's. Uh, Multiplication table scores. <laughs> I don't know. Could have could have been quiet if Push didn't know nine times seven. <sighs> but, but, but who's to say? Uh, so on that note, because uh, again, I can't I can't build Drake up without tearing him down even more. That, ladies and gents, is our deep dive into Drake Aubrey Graham. Before we get out of here, before we sign off on Beware the Ills, me, your boy Uptown Ace Boogie, Wes on the other side. Would you have anything else that you would like to say about your dear idol? Um, Drake is that nigga. Um, there was a time where Jay Z was my favorite rapper of all time, and Drake and Future kind of moved back and forth and vacillated between two and three. Mm. I think Drake has firmly set himself as number two. Mm-hmm. As my favorite rapper, second favorite rapper of all time. Although I do listen to Future more than anybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a point where I said, "There's no way that Drake." could ever pass Hove as my favorite rapper of all time. Mm, don't, don't watch your mouth. If Drake does what I expect him to do in these next couple years, there could be a legitimate conversation of my favorite rapper of all time. 
Welp, uh, I know this was kind of sudden, but this is the last episode of Beware the Ills. Um, oh, we, we haven't blown up yet. I, I, I haven't uh, had a chance to deny you uh, equity. <laughs> it's been fun. <laughs> I'm going to be joining, uh, again, the old man pot with uh, Rob Parker and Maul. So, uh, yeah, I, I guess that's it. <laughs> this nigga like Tom Ford. Um, <laughs> um, no, man, there, there, honestly, there, there's a, I, don't, I don't know if it's going to happen. But I, I I wouldn't be real if I didn't say that there, I can see a lane where it could happen. Mm. Mm. Fair. Um, I have had different periods in my life where I couldn't stand Drake, but I will never deny his greatness. I will never deny his impact. I will never deny his influence. Um, but what I will deny is the fact that he does not seem at this point like he is continuing to push himself. So regardless of whether he has to continue pushing himself or has to continue redefining genres, whatever, he's not doing it. So with Certified Lover Boy, I would like to see Drake get in a bag, not saying I want him to make a project that sounds like Take Care or Nothing was the same, but I would like to hear a project with that amount of effort in it. Um, so Certified Lover Boy, I feel like it's a very big turning point for him and one that I will be watching intently or listening to intently, just like I'm about to intently listen to this new J. Cole project. Um because I'm off the Cafe Bustello. Um I'll, I'll be listening to this uh Beam Me Up Scotty by Nicki Minaj. Fair, it's a she finally put that on a on a streaming service. That's but yes, huge. Um, real quickly, just certified lover boy. Okay, we've got Ooh. decent expectations. Yeah. Um, from the leaks I've seen, Drake has given away some legitimate fucking bangers with. These yeah, things. he has. And I hope that it's not all for naught. I do hope a couple of these leaks do end up on the album. Um, mm-hmm. but I'm I've got high expectations, like I do for anybody who's I consider one of my favorite rappers. And I'm excited to look forward to what is to come. For sure. Um, and when it is all said and done, I think that Drake will not only be known as the all-time greatest hip-hop artist of all time, um, I think he will also be known as the all-time greatest groomer in the history of this Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, episode 47. This was a tremendous episode. Glad you uh, followed me where the hell's. I ain't that Wes, Uptown Ace Boogie, all that good shit. Uh, goodbye. Run, Billy Eilish. <laughs>